have. I got a story for you. Most, if not all, young people are anxious, nervous, have fears about the unknown. Because they're young, they haven't coped or overcome much to develop their resiliency, confidence. Something as simple as being spoken to in front of your classmates can trigger all sorts of emotions that can cause a lifetime's worth of angst. Unless, dear listeners, that moment is pinpointed and the perception of what went down back then is altered to incorporate your current day's perspectives. You are not getting sleepy. Never sleepy. But first, a word from today's sponsor, Andre Psyche. AndrePsyche.com is gone, but Andre Psyche on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter is alive and thriving. You see, dear listeners, Andre has adopted a minimalistic lifestyle for materialistic things like mattresses, pillows, websites, cars, his hair. However, my man's creative libido, never accused of being minimalistic, always fully stimulated, and is viewable on social media. Andre is a freelance creator extraordinaire, someone who makes music, poetry, art, clothing, and lives to make others feel good. Search him up. It's Andre Psyche the next time you're looking to friend or follow someone outside of your social circle. We're also brought to you by Dewey Crush, the taste of summer. Summer's most sought out and coveted East Coast drink, the Crush, is now available in a ready-to-drink canned cocktail. It's available in three thirst-quenching flavors, the original orange, the refreshing grapefruit, and an iconic watermelon. Dewey Crush contains smooth, premium vodka, sweet, citrus, triple sec, fresh fruit juice, and a splash of lemon-lime soda, making it the perfect partner to any summer event. So whether you're going to a barbecue, headed to the beach, or just hanging with friends, crush it with the new Dewey Crush. Now available in Dewey Beach and all over Delaware. For more information, visit DeweyCrush.com. And if it's not in your liquor store, tell them, ask, demand that Dewey Crush gets delivered there. We here at the Getting to Know You Pod need your help. Our sound recording equipment is in dire need of upgrading because we never purchased any. Support this cause by going to our Patreon and subscribing to the Getting to Know You Pod for as little as $2 a month. The link's in the description. Your support is essential to improving the quality of this pod, and is much appreciated. Two bucks a little too much. Well, here are three, three ways to help. Push the subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to us on. Friend and follow the pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Go to Apple. Write a review. Those dear listeners will cost you nothing but your time. And finally, we are looking for sponsors and advertisers. You or someone you know has a business or brand and would like to expand your market reach, consider partnering with us. The podcast is downloaded coast to coast across the country, the United States, and internationally. So if you or someone you know are looking to get more traffic to your site, more followers on your social, more purchases of your product, more clicks on your whatever, just message us. And now, getting... To know you. Hello. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. I'm gonna do a terrific show today. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you. Putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. 
on today's show, we are getting to know Jeremiah. And Jeremiah, I do not remember what comment made me solicit your time and appearance on this podcast, but as soon as I clicked your calendar and saw the word hypnotist, I was fucking all in. I'm so excited, man. <laughs> Thank you so much for um, coming on, Leonard. I get to know you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, it's a pleasure to be here, too, and just speak with you. Yeah, so if, and because just listening, and I'm not sure yet what picture you'll send me, if anybody goes through your Instagram, it's real interesting. I, I love the contrast. I love contrasts and almost like oxymorons in life. <clears throat> and you've got some of this tatted style to you, but then you've got like the nerd with the bright green colors, like um, suspenders, bow tie kind of a thing. But you don't like, I mean, just talking for two minutes. It doesn't come across Urkelish in any way. <laughs> and I'm just kind of curious, man, like how much energy, effort, intent goes into the style? Or is it just like a natural thing? Like you just have those clothes you've always grew up in those Sunday clothes? <laughs> no, like that's a natural thing. Those pictures that you see me with the bow tie and suspenders, that's actually me uh, taking a picture as a bartender. Ah. So I was doing that for some time. But yeah, like I've always been like stylish. I've always been the one to like to stand out. Like, I like being, like, the, the odd one out. Gotcha. A little bit of attention. Just stand out from the crowd kind of a thing. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And so bartending, is that, like, main source of income? Is that a side gig for you? Are you done with it? As the current situation right now, that is my main source of income. And I do have my startup, which I'm going into. Gotcha. Um, I love bartenders. I bartended for a little bit in a fancy fine dining restaurant. I feel everyone should bartend almost like military service. Everyone should just do it for a year in their life to appreciate service, to appreciate all the struggles, how hard it is to get someone a drink when they need it in a timely manner and have them feel good and comfortable, especially when it's busy. It can be so overlooked. Definitely. I feel like the service industry is like something I feel like a lot of people should like just dip into for a little bit. Like one, like it can like really help people like grow as a person. But like too, like they finally understand like like on the other side of like when they go out, like yo, like this is actually what it's like. Yeah, because I've never understood the 10% tipper, 10% or below, or the no tipper. Like I it's it's always been, and I guess because I grew up almost 15, 16 years working in restaurants, like why would you do that to somebody? Unless I've completely neglected you, you order steak and I bring you a salad. You know, you order wine and I'm giving you water. You ask for bread and like it's a chocolate cake. Like if everything's completely jacked up, maybe then you go 10%. But these people where they receive good service and um, I feel like they've had a good experience, whatever, $100 check, feeling like grateful that they left you 10. Like, no, man, that's terrible. Don't be that. I, I don't get the mentality of people who do that. Yeah, I get it. Um me, I deal with, like, a lot of people. So, like, to me, like, I just kind of brush it off. Like, in my personal standpoint, like, yeah, I understand, like, there's, like, some people that aren't going to tip. But at the same time, too, like, you're going to come across those people where you're just, like, too busy. Yeah. And they just, like, see that within you. And then it's like, oh, like, let me, like, tip this person a little bit more. So, like, at the end of the day, like, it does, like, even out. But, yeah. That's, that's a good call. And I feel sometimes, too, if you're busy, other people will notice like if someone leaves a terrible tip and they're sitting, you know, they get up to leave and the people who are still there look to their left or to their right, 
you can like almost overhear the conversations, you know, because they'll know they'll be like servers or whatever from their past. And they'll be like, God, only a dollar. What was that about? (laughs) And then they feel that guilt, you know, they'll make up for it. Yeah, definitely. What um, kind of bartender are you? Like all night bar, day, day drinkers? Uh, I'm in the, I'm in a nightclub venue. Oh, okay. So I have like live music and I do like high uh, craft cocktails uh, and it's just like speed. So like I'll crank anywhere between, I want to say like two to like 400 and like, like different cocktails in a night. Whoa. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like really high volume when it comes to that. And when you say high craft cocktails, you're not talking about like rum and Cokes. No, these are like Bloody Marys. These are like multi-step like cocktails, like like mojitos, these are micheladas, these are pina coladas, these are like different like multi-step where I gotta muddle things, I gotta shake things, yeah. I gotta layer things, like things like that. Yeah, it's crazy how the cocktail has become a lot like food, where the presentation just matters so much, man. Right, yeah. There's beauty in it too. Yeah. How how'd you get into the bartending scene? I actually got into it by accident, to be honest. <laughs> As most people do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I It's funny, too. So I was in sales for about like four or five years, and I always thought it was like a – like a, it was just a thought to me at the time. I was like, you know what? It would be actually kind of dope to like get into bartending. And then I was in the transition of a job, and then I started working in the casino. And they mm-hmm. told me like, oh, yeah, we have this bar back position available if you just want to do it. I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And then my manager at the time told me like, hey, like you want to become a bartender go to school? And then just the rest is history. Okay. Oh, so then you actually went and got like bartender certified at like community college or something like that? Uh, yeah, it was like a like certification course and like they help you with like job placement and stuff like that. Gotcha. See, I never, when I bartended, I just grew up, basically it was like through desperation. I think the two bartenders quit and they had no one else. And I was just like, hey, I'll do it. <laughs> and like learned on the job, but it wasn't anything... Like basically an old fashioned would be the top. I got out right when mojitos started coming. I think that was only like on the Kentucky Derby day where people worried about mojitos. Um, But I appreciate people who actually study it, who like know a little bit of the science behind it, man. Yeah. It's really good. And like, like you were saying too before, like it's like, like similar to food. Like it's a really good skill to have. I mean, like when you go out or like, when you're like at home, like you just like can make like some bomb cocktails. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. That's something with the pandemic, um, that I'd been reading and, um, the canned cocktail, I don't know in Delaware where I am, the canned cocktail is going crazy, man. Like liquor stores are selling pre-made cocktails. And I think it's because people just got tired of sitting at home drinking beer and wine, but they didn't really know like proportionate proportion wise how to like, pour it so that they wouldn't pass out after two <laughs> right you know like you, you make your own vodka sodas and all of a sudden you're like done 30 minutes into a rewatch of game of thrones yeah those are actually really good like i actually appreciate like how like uh companies made it mainstream to like give like people like what it like what it actually like tastes like yeah it's- and like those those little cans can mess you up, man. <laughs> Dude, they can. I um actually so Dewey Crush advertises on the pod and um are are you familiar with an orange crush? Orange crush, the name sounds familiar. The orange soda, right? Uh almost. So orange crush, it's an East Coast thing, it's an East Coast beach thing. That's why I wasn't sure. Okay. It's kind of regional, but it's spreading. It's basically a screwdriver. So you put in oh, okay. some premium vodka, you put in um fresh orange, 
orange juice. You put in a little bit of triple sec, and then you top it off basically with Sprite or a lemon-lime soda. Okay. Um, they're fucking delicious, man. Like, if you go to the beach, it's you could drink 10 or 12 of those things and within two hours because you've been out in the sun all day. You know what I'm saying? Like, day drinking on your way home to, like, shower, your whole night's gone. <laughs> like you're just <laughs> right. That's but, the recipe for disaster right there, dude. It is, but they figured out these college kids who grew up drinking these Dewey Crushes were like, I wonder if we could can it. And they kind of worked with this restaurant who's famous for making them, and they they just started their own business, this Dewey Crush, and it's selling out all around here, man. And it's really cool to see that you can bring that sort of flavor and quality home with you, and you don't have to risk the whole DUI thing, right. You know, what would, um, so if you had to go canned cocktail, what would you go with? Like, what's your go-to where you're just like, I can make this and everyone loves it. Mm. Like I've tried a handful of them. Me, I'm more of a tequila head. So I'll go with their, uh, their margaritas, like the cut water. Oh, like dude. those are the, so like I'm in like the West coast and like, yeah. these are like really popular out here. Like these are the only ones that's also far, Okay. but like the cut water, uh, that one's actually really good. Dude, that margarita will put you on your ass. It's like 12%. <laughs> Dude, I took one of those out par three golfing. I bought like a four pack case. The cut waters just came out last year over here. And I do, I brought a four pack thinking like, Oh, it's going to be a great day. Nice and sunny. By the third hole, dude, I was done with one and I was done with golf. I was like, <laughs> it's, it's just too much, man. There's the, but they're tasty. They're so good. Yeah, they are. And like, I'm more of like really picky when it comes to like cocktails now because like I've come from like the bartending thing and I'm just like, know like a lot about it. And then I give props to them because it actually tastes really good. Yeah. And yeah, those things will creep up on you. <laughs> yeah. It, it's crazy because it's not the most of the canned cocktails are not like super sugary where you get shaky or like too like fake sweet, you know, like they taste genuine, almost like fresh squeezed. I don't know what they're putting in there, but man, they're, uh, it's just a good idea. Good idea to co continue to corrupt America. <laughs> having everybody <laughs> drink more. I'm a, I I'm kind of curious a little more about nightclub bartending. Cause I've never, I never got to do that. It was more fine dining. We were done by 10 o'clock and I haven't spoke to more uh, to a club bartender. I don't know what your sleep schedule is like. And I don't know what you expect. Like, do you expect a dollar a drink when people uh, are no, coming no. in to tip? Uh, so like with me, like I was saying earlier, like I don't really expect like from everybody. Um, I just focus on like trying, trying to create a, the best possible experience for the person that I'm serving. And like whether that be a dollar from this person, no tip from that. Uh, I know like one of these people who I do serve, they're gonna hit. Gotcha. They're gonna like they're gonna bless me with a bigger tip than like actual normal. And like I don't know like how many times like people will like tip me the actual bill, and like it's like awesome and like feels good at the end of the day. Yeah, right. See that to me was so rare. But if someone like whatever that's ten dollar bill, happy hour, they get two beers or something, and then just leave you a twenty, like there's no better feeling. Yeah. No so. feeling. How often, and I'm not trying to like rag on people or anything, but I am super curious because the nightclub could be very easy to be distracted. You're probably trying to get back to your group or whatever. You're trying to figure out a way to start a conversation. At least that's how I see it. Um, I'm curious how often is like a no tip? 
Like out of I 10 like drinks? I'm sorry. Go I like multiple times a night, I want to say. Yeah. But like, I'm like so busy. Like I'm dealing like at any given moment, I'm dealing with like two to three, four parties. Yeah. Depending right. on like, like, cause it was, like, like people would just like come in waves. Yeah. So like one person will like not tip me. I was like, okay, cool. And like, I'm just like focus on the next. <laughs> uh, so it, it happens quite often to be honest. I want to say probably like maybe like five, 10% of the people who I deal with on a day to day basis don't tip. Oh, wow. So any theories, do you think it's ignorance or do you just think like, they didn't expect whatever a margarita to be like twelve dollars, fifteen bucks. I don't know. Like some people, they just have this belief that they shouldn't tip. Like other people, like think otherwise. Uh, it's really all up on the person, and I just really don't really care. <laughs> it's like yeah. I'm not focusing on like this person's just like stiffing me. I'm just like okay, like next person, I'm gonna get it. Gotcha. And I'm also, and I'm sorry, I get like real curious about dorky things. I used to hate um, credit cards. Like I, I love cash because it's just so much easier. It's so much it, – the speed is just way better, man. It saves you a trip basically. You can like throw yeah. out some change instead of like, all right, let me run your card. Let me get it. Okay, now when you give me your slip, let me enter that back in, blah, blah, blah. I'm curious though in a club like how often people are just buying two drinks and tip – or like closing the tab. Are you a big tab guy where you're able to just – grab a credit card, keep it behind there? Are you a trust guy where you let people run and you ever get stiffed? Uh, I am a tab guy. So like, I will always like push for the tabs. Like you want to start a tab? Like if, <laughs> if they don't, no, cause like in that way, like, like with them, like I get to like serve them like much more longer. Like they see my face multiple times. I get to serve them multiple drinks. And then like the, as that bill racks up, like obviously they're going to tip a percentage off of that yeah, yeah, based yeah. on like a, Versus like getting like a five dollar drink here and then tip like a dollar. Yeah. Like I'd much rather like ring like a fifty, sixty dollar tab and then like they see my service, they see like how well I can create these cocktails and it was like tip off of that. That's smart. See, yeah, I wouldn't have even thought about that. Or I didn't think about that, but that that makes a lot of sense because now they're almost like you're in a relationship and they at like worst hopefully feel guilty that you've worked for them all night <laughs> to tip versus like if they just get one drink from you, you're nobody. And it's easier to dismiss someone you don't have a relationship with. Yeah. I think long game when it comes to like every person who I talk to or like I serve. Right. I was like, all right, this person can like not tip me now, but like what's going to happen a week from now or like a month from now? Like they're going to eventually like me. They're going to eventually do this and they're going to eventually possibly just like bless me with a bad tip. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Do you, do you get many regulars? Yeah, like quite a bit, to be honest. Oh, really? Why Why is that? No, so I'm also a, so the nightclub that I do work in, it's in a casino. Okay. So like there's a bunch of like casino regulars that uh, just come in and out. And then like there's people who come specifically for like the, the night venue music. So like we have like a live band playing and stuff like that. And like every single week, like I'll see the same people. How's casino life versus – see, now that I know that the club's in a casino, I would think you would get, like, just chips thrown at you from big winners here and there. Oh, that that's really um, – <laughs> that happens pretty pretty frequently. Seriously? That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so biggest tip you got, brag a little bit. Like, somebody wins blank. What do you get thrown at as, like, they're just celebrating? Biggest tip, like – 
a biggest single tip I ever got was probably like 200 bucks because it hit a jackpot. Oh my god! Um, over the course of a night, I want to say like the biggest night I ever walked out with was like 780 because they just kept tipping the bar because they kept hitting jackpots. And like it was kind of busy that night too. So, why do you want to do anything else aside from bartend, my friend? 780. <laughs> like the money's cool, but like. It doesn't fill me, if that makes sense. Like, it's not fulfilling to me. Like, the money's cool, but it comes to the point where you make enough money. It's just like, all right, is this all I'm doing in my life? Just, I'm here to make money. Digits. Like, yeah, like, they don't get me wrong. Like, I've had my fun moments. Like, I've, I've done quite a lot when it comes to, like, bartending. And now it's just coming to the point where it's like, yo, like, I got to do something that I'm, like, passionate about. Like, I want to do something that I can comfortably do or something that I actually love to do. Like I would, I would hate to go to sleep because I can't work at it. If that makes sense. That's a really interesting way to put it. Hate to go to sleep because you can't work at it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I feel our country's in a good spot. I think about this often, man. I think our country's in the spot now where like people are really getting to pursue passions to make a living. There seems like there's so many options and so many ways to try to monetize your passions or try to get education about them that I, I feel like our society should be happier. But at the same time, it seems like, I don't know if it's prescription or the pharmaceutical companies that are screwing everybody up, but like everyone's kind of sad at the same time. Maybe it's because we drink all these canned cocktails. <laughs> that can be one of them right but i like it just seems like a great time to be young and aspiring because there's so many avenues and so many ways to pursue your passions where you can make money off of them and you can like sustain yourself yeah the best time is now to be honest like with the internet there's like so much information out there i'm pretty sure like for like the people who's watching this like whatever you think Whatever you like, want to get into, whatever little passion that you have, I can assure you that there's probably some some sort of course or there's some sort of book like on it that can help you like with that road that you're trying to go down. Yeah, and you can get it so quick. It's not like you have to wait for the library to open tomorrow and hope that it's right. checked in to figure out how to be a blank. It's like, no, nah, man, you can Google, you can cold message people. I mean, like I'll, I've been amazed at how open people are. And me just trying to do this and get people on where they're like, absolutely, I'll help you out. Like, oh, man, that'd be awesome. I, lo I love the cause. love what you're doing. Here's some knowledge for you. Here's some help on how to. And I didn't expect that. And in my mind, I'm like, that has to trans. I, I feel like that human trait or characteristic of society right now is transferable in um, like almost any avenue or, or a job. Yeah, definitely. Man, that's, that's, I, I hadn't thought about that, but that's a, that's a neat thing. So how did you get into the counseling aspect? What, uh, why transition to that? Uh, so I struggled with anxiety for like over 15 years. Uh, it started when I was about 11, 12 and then growing up, like I just always like ran away from it. And then uh, when I turned 21, at that point I was dealing with it for like nine, 10 years. And then I came across this thing called NLP. Uh, it's called neuro linguistic programming. And it, it was a, technique that they used to help me alleviate the anxiety that I was always experiencing. And like, it actually worked too. So, <laughs> I, yeah, so I was like, Oh my God, like I feel amazing right now. So like when I came across that, I was like, all right, like I can do this. And like, after I watched that video, like my life just completely changed. 
because I was doing a uh, door to door at the time. And like I was going into knocking doors, just like having this full on panic attack. Like I looked like I was about to like like crap my pants. <laughs> like my burnt my chest was burning, my palms were sweaty. Like I felt like all this tingling in my body. And then for the first time in like a long time, like like I've been doing it for like a month at the time. For the first time in a month, I can sit there and knock on a door and just have a normal conversation like how I'm having with you right now. You're talking about being like a door-to-door salesman. Yeah. So at that time, um, that's when I found like that that technique. Okay. Yeah. And then as the years went on, like I started like diving like more into it. And then about a year and a half ago, I came across this company that was training people on that. I was like, all right, cool. Like, let me check it out. And then ever since then, like, I was like, I got certified and like now I'm helping people just like live their life that they want to live. Because I know it's like from me, like if I had not experienced the anxiety that I was struggling with and like trying all these things to try and cope with it, like my life would be in a completely different place. And like, I want to create this dream lifestyle, this lifestyle that people like do deserve and like they dream about. I want to create that within them. So like, that's my whole like driving course. I'm curious, did you ever get to the root of your anxiety? Or maybe I'm wrong to think of anxiety as almost like I see it similar to a weed where you can have it removed if you can figure out where it is. Yeah, so I actually, with some uh, with some work, I actually found out like the root cause of it. Okay. Do you mind sharing yeah. or? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> I was like, when you paused, I was like, maybe this is super sensitive and I'm kind of a good <laughs> No, that's all good. Like, I'm like, I'm open book. Uh, so I was about 11 and uh, I had broken out. Uh, so I grew up with like a bunch of allergies and then like I went to school, I broke out. And I remember uh, as I was breaking out, I was like, yo, like I need to talk to the teacher. And I remember her just like talking to the class and then like when i went up to her she stopped what she was doing and uh, she like kind of addressed me and then at that point i had like 35 eyes just like on me oh, <laughs> and like i was like 11 years old i was like oh my god like Dude. this is like that was the most terrifying thing to me at the time yeah and like i was 11 years old and then like from that i created this belief that um like I shouldn't exist. Like I sh- like I can't be a nuisance, and like I need to stay out of people's ways so I can't be that nuisance. And what this translated to, like later on in my life, was that um, so I struggled with like social anxiety, like very specifically. And then like as I grew older, uh, like it dipped into like just like generalized, where I was just like experiencing it, like at random days, like I'll go to sleep and I experience it, or I'd be at work and experience it. But as like time grew on, like I, it came to the point where if I were to meet a brand new person. Or I'll just like be in any center of retention, like I have a panic attack. Cause I just, <laughs> like, yeah. So like it progressed, it progressed as like the years went on. It just like got like severely worse. What, when you said breaking out, you talking about like hives coming out yeah. at you, like an allergic reaction that you're having. Yeah. So I was having an allergic reaction to some like new lotion I was trying because I had like eczema at the time too. Oh god! Like, like I put that on, and then like my arm got all like swelled up, and like ooh, like this is something wrong. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And man, it's so easy for people to forget how self-conscious kids are, like right around that puberty age, because you just hear shit, especially if you're a dude, you just hear shit from your boys all the time at that age. And if you have the guts to stand up and like, you're already kind of embarrassed in front of the class. And like, if everything stops, it, it, your heart will drop. I mean, it's 
dang, dude. And then you took that and it you got to the place where like shouldn't exist, I shouldn't be a nuisance. Yeah, because I came up with the belief that like if I didn't exist, then I wouldn't create this type of scenario with anybody else. Where people would be looking at you or where you... Where like I couldn't be this like nuisance to another person. So oh, like, so you saw like, it was like a bother for this teacher. Yeah, I felt like I felt like such a bother like growing up, and then just like anything, like just meeting a brand new person. Like if I were to like like talk to them, or like I'll be like awkward or something, or like I'd like interrupt like what they're doing. Like it caused me to like feel that way. I was like, okay, like it'd be so much more better if I didn't talk to them. Because <laughs> said, no, like, the, really, said the like, door to door salesman, like dude, that's <laughs> yeah, that was the worst. <laughs> like <laughs> think was about one of the it. Worst things and the most like challenging things. Like someone who like deals with like social anxiety, yeah. like to the extent I was, dude. No, but like it was also like the most like rewarding too, because like with that job, like I pinned, like I found out. I was like, okay, like that's what introduced me into MLP and like my work and stuff like that. Yeah, that's interesting because the job then kind of, it's almost like life or something guided you to the solution. Like you have this yeah. feeling, it's funny now you have this job where you basically are a nuisance, right? You're knocking on doors randomly, messing up someone's day, trying to sell something to them. Like it's very easy to stage it that way, right? Or to put that in your yeah. head, especially if you get rejected at one, then you're like, God, now I gotta go knock on this other door. These people with dinner is gonna be jacked up, whatever. Um, but it, at the same time, it's like really neat that you were able to face that fear and come to a solution. Yeah. And to top it off, I was with the number two most hated uh, cable company at the time, too. So, oh, yeah, you were selling cable? Was it? Yeah, I was selling uh, Dodo's uh, cable for a company. Gotcha. And then uh, so half, like I want to say like probably like 25% to like half the doors that I came across. I'm like, oh, you're with that company? F them, F that. <laughs> Like, you guys did me so dirty. I'm just like, ooh. And then on top of that, like, people don't, like, I know it's like a lot of uh, people in society don't really like salesmen for whatever reason. Because they like, feel they're getting taken advantage of. Yeah. Like, I, I completely really understand that. Uh, but, like, like I was dealing with, like, all that. And then, like, just, like, struggling with, like, trying to convince them that, like, my product is, like, better than whatever they got. Yeah. And then. Yeah, just like all that stuff. So. Well, dude, that door-to-door -door salesman's hard because at least if they came to the store, you know they want something, right? You know they were yeah. thinking of you. Yeah. But man, just showing up cold, it's well, it, it's a different... I tried being a vacuum salesman for one day because I saw an ad in the paper when I was like 17. And I sat there and within two hours, I was like, how can I figure out how to never come back here? <laughs> like dude they they basically their plan for me was to give me three vacuums to throw in my trunk and to just pick different communities and walk around and try to like sell a vacuum and i'm oh, like yeah. so i don't i can work all day and like not get paid and they were like oh yeah and then if you give a discount basically taken away from your commission and you know the company gets paid first and i'm like this is i don't know how people can make a living doing it man to be honest with you that, that salesman type. Uh, was that company called Kirby? I don't know, dude. I I, I cannot remember. Okay, because there was like one that actually like rung a bell, but I actually like met someone like in like another like sales job, like actually like worked it. Um, if you if you have the like good skill set to like actually convince people to actually buy that type of stuff, you can actually make a decent living. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I guess at the same time, it's very entrepreneurial. It's merit-based, right? If yeah. you can do it, you're going to rack up. 
yeah the money yeah i just had no faith in myself maybe i have anxiety too in that sense where i'm just like you're not good enough <laughs> you're never gonna make it <laughs> that's what we call low self-esteem <laughs> low self-esteem yeah I, I have low self-esteem as a salesman i do and then you said social anxiety and now you're a bartender this is yeah, like so, the full circle <laughs> yeah completely like 180 where i couldn't like speak to like a person without getting a panic attack now i'm like in like pretty much like um not not a pedestal but like i'm the like main focus yeah spotlight of, like two, of like two to like 400 people in a night yeah god and were you feeling better about the anxiety when you started bartending or did the bartending bring it up and you had to deal with it uh, so like as a when, when i was bartending like i was just completely like rid of it okay so well, yeah so i actually eliminated the anxiety i want to say or actually i was like still bartending at the time too i was say like but like probably like two three months into it like that's when it was like completely eliminated for me but like at the time that i was like experiencing it like it wasn't as extreme to like that extent like um i was experiencing it at the time at a very very low level compared to like what it once was yeah help me understand that because when i think of the range or the spectrum of anxiety like high anxiety you're shut down in a bed tremors crying like and yeah. low anxiety is you just feel like i do low self-esteem but you can still kind of like try to fake the funk or what's that yeah so like? I want to say, like, okay, like on a scale from like one to 10 to like paint a picture for you. Um, when I was doing door to door, it was probably like a 15. <laughs> like, I was just not having it. Like, like I had to like pull myself into the car. I had to like listen to motivational videos. I had to like meditate. I had to do like all this stuff just so I can go to the next, uh, just so I can go to the next door. Whoa. Like that's how extreme it was for me. Uh, when I was, when I got into like transitioning and bartending, I want to say it's like, it was probably at a most likely like a level like zero because like it would come up on occasion mm -hmm. so like there is like these certain situations that i have not dealt with that would if i were to be in that type of situation like it would like cause me and like trigger me into like feeling it but even at the time though like i've known like learned like so much stuff like over the years of like my research with it uh i want to say like it will go to like a level three and i'll do like all these like tactics that I would do that i learned and bring it down to like a zero so like it's really easy to catch yourself or sorry it's really easy to let your mind wander and like like feel the effects of like just like going down that spiral mm -hmm. uh when you do catch yourself that that's when you can actually like just eliminate it or that's what i was doing um i think it's interesting because i i think of this often like anxiety kind of comes up because you people worry about more future not like present right you're worried about the consequence you're worried about what's coming down and if you don't know it can be extremely scary because you have no like reference point of I'll be okay going through it. But I'm curious, like in the bar, was it somebody yelling at you or like returning a drink saying like you jacked up an order that would be like the trigger to your anxiety or what were some of those situations that you hadn't experienced? With me, like it was specifically like if I were to get into like an argument or like a fight with another customer or like if my like my boss was just like counting down to me <laughs> like every time my boss was around like i would just get it i was like oh <laughs> like, <laughs> do you remember it like, became like scary situation in those in like in those spots what did you worry about though with your boss that you would get fired that you would be yeah, like i get fired 
Like she's gonna like nitpick like what I'm doing wrong, and she's just kind of like kind of blow it out of proportions. Um, cause like I haven't experienced it with her, but like I've had like other bosses like that was just, like previous to that like that also did it. So like when I would see her and like like she'd be around, I'm, like that was just like the the image that was going in my head is like okay, like she sees me, like hopefully hopefully I don't mess up, and like hopefully she doesn't like just take it to that level. Gotcha. God, man, that's. That's interesting. I'm trying to think now, like if I, maybe I'm just fortunate, man, where I have not, I mean, I've worked several for several bosses. I had one that I hated and I don't hate many people. I might not like you, but I just like, I'm, I'm pretty good with being like, whatever, man, you suck. And then they tell me what I suck at. And then we just work like I'm a grinder. But this one lady, like I despise, like my mind went to places where I wanted to like mess up her like sugar in the gas tank like i wanted to inconvenience her <laughs> life you know outside of work because i felt like she inconvenienced my life inside of work and she had all the power and like i could do nothing you could give me the shittiest section you could schedule me to open you would cut me last you would you know purposefully i took all this offense to all these little things almost like i guess maybe microaggressions i was taking them as and my mind immediately went to like when she leaves how can i mess up day like like i want to put pigeon i want to put bird seed on your car and have it be baked in the sun you know like i'm like like twisted stuff man where you're like dude that's way too much anger i don't but i didn't i didn't i don't know i don't know if that would you say that's anxiety or is that just like a different form of counseling like i need to be committed somewhere i feel like that's just more like you just like letting your anger get the best of you right yeah yeah, so then I don't know if that's more or less fortunate. I mean, I never did it. <laughs> like, <laughs> thought about it. I guess maybe that's how I dealt with the anxiety because, like, I talked to the other coworkers and we just like think of all these stupid things. To so we like worked on the boardwalk and we had thought about taking the nails out of the boardwalk as she walked out and then that she would like fall through. So we would like cut under. We would take the plank out, cut underneath of it, so that you would see from the top that it was fine, but underneath of it, it was basically ready to split. And as soon as you stepped on it, you would fall through. Like oh. that, that's the stupid stuff. And again, we're like 18 and we're just pissed at the world at this point. Um, again, never did it, never did it for the record, but like, maybe that's how we dealt. That's how I dealt with the anxiety is trying to like joke about it, you know, like, cause maybe I'm, I felt like it gave me some sort of control over the situation. Okay. No, it's okay. You can tell me I'm wrong. You can be like, nah, man, you're, you're so off. <laughs> I'm kind of just thinking out loud. Cause I don't know if I've experienced the anxiety like you're describing. Okay. So what I want to say is like, that is just like more anger. Uh, so you kind of got like the, some of it's right. Uh, so I want to say like anxiety, like I just want to like simplify it for as many people as possible. Yeah. I feel like there's like a lot of information that's out there that can kind of like make it bigger than what it actually is. Uh, but anxiety is your body being in a state of fear based off the thoughts that you were thinking. Okay. So fear is a bodily response uh, due to your body or your like brain just saying like, hey, like something can potentially cause me harm or death. So like the fear that you experience is from like, let's say like a tiger were to come to the room. You're gonna experience fear. Anxiety would be fear from the thoughts that you're thinking uh, while you are presently doing something else. 
So anxiety would be more of like, hey, so like in 30 minutes, there's going to be a live tiger that's going to walk through this room. And while you are sitting here presently talking to me, your mind is just beginning to churn, just like being going to stir up about that tire coming in 30 minutes. <clears throat> so that's how you feel, dude, opening that restaurant. I, but I, like I, she came in at seven and I've, I can, I can like take myself back to the walk-in. Like I'm, I'm filling up butter trays, I'm making coffee and I'm looking at the clock being like, fuck man, 20 more minutes, you know? And like, I feel like this tiger is getting ready to walk in. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut See, you off. I was just trying to like, you're you're triggering things within me. <laughs> yeah. See, but like in that case, yeah, like you're sitting there just like thinking about it, like while you're doing something else, and then like you're just thinking about like all these like future scenarios that can possibly happen. Like your body's gonna start experiencing that as if it's like actually happening, mm. and like your body's your body's actually experiencing the emotion of fear. So all the things like fire flight, the sweaty palms, the racing heartbeat. The nausea for like some people, uh, the like the heavy breathing, like things like that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I and man, I'm sorry. I I interjected and I didn't mean to cut you off when you were explaining. But that's. Oh, you're good. I, I really like the thinking of the tiger. Then you're waiting. So then, if a tiger's getting ready to come into the room, I should be scared. So why yeah, is but, why is anxiety bad? So anxiety has its purposes. Um, I feel like uh, that anxiety can be broken up into like two spots. So there's a good anxiety that uh, we're always going to experience because like, as we like, as time goes on, we're just like not living the same life as we were like a year and a half ago, there was no COVID and now there is um, as we're going through like these new experiences and like coming across like these new jobs, these new businesses, these new people, it's normal to think of the things that can, can go wrong. Because that's just your mind's way of like saying like, hey, like this been like it's your body's way of like trying to make you survive. Yeah, right. Survive. It's literally the things that it's the things that can like potentially cause you harm that your body wants to stay away from. Mm -hmm. Now that's gonna be completely normal. And like my way around that is just like just ask yourself this question, like, hey, like, do I wanna move forward into these things, thinking of all the possible things that can go wrong? Or do can I come across these things and just like focus on what I want to go right? Mm. And then uh, the part of the anxiety that you don't have to live with is the habitual anxiety. It's the things that like you feel like it just like pops up out of nowhere. So like maybe like you got into a car crash when you're younger and like now you're a little bit hesitant to get behind the wheel of a car. Like that's something that you don't have to live with. Maybe like you get into these relationships and every single time that there's a certain scenario that pops up, you just get triggered and feel that same intense emotional reaction of anxiety to that. Like this habitual anxiety that we sometimes tend to have like it's something that we don't have to go with yeah so that's that's interesting the habitual anxiety you think you just get rid of that by and i don't know if get rid of that's too dismissive of a term but i'm a layman um <laughs> like you deal with that or cope with that by logic just explaining it or is it different for everybody you start trying to pinpoint hey sean you have this anxiety about this lady coming in and it really makes you dread work the night before you're that's 20 years ago sean <laughs> you shouldn't have to still be worried about your boss coming in every single time because you were safe let's remind yourself of all the positives like what are some of the i guess ways to deal with habitual anxiety well, there's like plenty of ways, uh, like one, like positive affirmations. Uh, so uh, meditation, breathing exercises, things like that. 
one of the process that I do like help my people with is I'll take them back to like the root core of like what actually happened because uh, with like hypnosis. So like what I do is I'll take them back to that root core and like they see this old memory the way that they do and they're still operating as if they're that, that younger child who still experienced it. So like it's not until they create new beliefs, new thinking patterns, new mindsets, new perspectives. It's not until that happens where they're just gonna completely change. Because like I was what twenty six when I found out that um, I had uh, all my anxiety stemmed from that one moment when I was a young child when I was eleven. So for fifteen years, like I was that same eleven year old child In into mind. every single like interaction I got into. See, that's a great point. And so I'm almost 40 and I catch myself sometimes being like, dude, you're not 20 anymore. Like it's okay if you feel disrespected and you don't have to respect them because they're an elder and just take it. Like you can speak up for yourself, man. You know, you can change. And I, I really do like, I, I, I don't know why, but that's interesting. I hadn't thought about it before. Like if you have this moment that you connect to and it's a high anxiety or a trigger moment, just staying there in your mind, that's interesting. And that's pretty common. Like people, when they experience an anxiety, it's just because of that root cause moment that they just live almost at that mental age. Yeah. So whether you believe it or not, every single moment that you went through brought to where you are today. So like every single habit that you have, Makes sense. every single belief, every single like mindset, the way you are, there's some point in time that created you to be this way. And either it can be from one point or it can be from multiple points that just like build upon each other. So like the reason why you brush your teeth like morning and uh, nighttime is probably because like your mom told you, was like, hey, like in the morning, brush your teeth and at night, brush your teeth. So like things like that uh, and like, with people with their anxiety, like is these different life events that happen that cause them to be the way that they are now. So like with me, like there was multiple other things that kind of like leaned into it that made it much more intense than it actually could have been. But yeah, other than that, like we are who we are today simply because like some things that happened to our in the past. And then, so you take me back to, well, I guess for you, it would be 11 year old you. In my example, for me, it would be 17 year old me. And how do you get you out of 11 year old you? And how do you get me out of 17 year old me? How do I get to be 40 year old Sean that's confident and doesn't have anxiety? It's a shift in belief set. Uh, and like shifting my perspective, shifting like your ways of thinking. Because, uh, and it's like really simple too. Because, like, I want you to think back to when you were, like, a young child, when you, like, believed in, like, Santa, like, the Tooth Fairy, or, like, the Easter Bunny. Like, back when you were that age, like, these make-believe things were completely true to us. Dude, and then as we grew older, yeah, and, like, as we're, like, telling that, like, people would, would tell you otherwise, like, what are you talking about? Like, Santa's real. Like, of course he is. He comes, like, every single Christmas. And, like, there's, like, all these stories. And, like, while you're that, while you're that age... Everything just makes sense to you at, to make you believe that this belief is actually true. See, now, I can't get – I'm sorry to interrupt you, um, but like that's an interesting point because I can't get back there in my mind. Like I can't get back to a point in my life where I – I don't mean to disrespect it by, by saying blindly believed, but where I blindly believed. Like, so I, know, I have an 11-year-old daughter. She's cleaning okay. up her room today. 
She has Elf on the Shelf. And baby girl, if you ever listen to this, I'm so sorry. Um, Elf on the Shelf. And like, it's a note. She swears, like she would, she would swear to God that that elf wrote those two notes that are posted on her board. She's 11. She's going to go to middle school next year. She has this starch belief. And her friends have these in-depth conversations about how Santa Claus is real. And it is, you pass a lie detector test, child. Your whole heart is in it. I know I was like that at one point. I can't get back there. I, I honestly can't take myself back to like that Peter Pan spirit. You know, like I think of Robin. Did you ever see Robin Williams as Peter Pan? Do you ever watch that movie? Nah, I watched like Peter Pan like once when I was like younger, but like it's been like so many years. I think it was called Hook actually, but Robin Williams acts as Peter Pan. I think Pan. I remember that, yeah. Okay, yeah. So he's the old dude and he's like, they're trying to convince him, dude, you're Peter Pan. And he's like, I'm a fucking accountant. I've got kids. What are you talking about? And the whole movie's about him getting to the point where he can believe in these things that aren't real, but if you believe in them, they are real. Right? Like that, that's the weird paradigm shift. I, and I don't know not to like harp on it, but like, I'm, I've never tried before. I'm sitting here thinking in my head, like, I can't get to that memory. I can get to the memory where I discovered Santa wasn't real, but I can't get to a before that where I'm like blind belief. Yeah, dude, I can get to the point where I discovered the Easter bunny wasn't real. I can get to that memory but I can't get to the one like the year before. Yeah. So consciously you can do it or not. Subconsciously you can though. Oh, so okay. Uh, now it doesn't make sense now, but like the subconscious mind records everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it has a perfect memory. If I were to like put you into a process and like take you back to that, I assure you like you will remember everything. Like it happened like yesterday. Right. Man, that's I'm sorry, and I'm I'm not saying these things in any way to um, besmirch or like you know sometimes people will be like oh hypnotizing is bullshit. Like I think there is that that subconscious. I, I know the subconscious is real because for me it gets triggered. <clears throat> I'm big with like if I'm driving or if if I experience sound in an environment. And then I re-experience the sound, particularly if I um, listen to, um, it's so dorky, listen to podcasts twice. There are certain things within that podcast when I hear it the second time, I immediately get reminded of where I was at the moment when I heard it the first time. And I'm yeah. just like, why, why did, like, how did I get what, to that place again? And I'm like, my mind just for some reason recorded it. And I, it's, yeah, it's, so a, that- it's the ultimate data bank, man. You're, I, I think that's dead on. Yeah, so that, that's it. Yeah, your subconscious at work. It just bringing up like old memories that kind of like that made that may be similar to like that new thing that you're getting into. And it's also the same reason why like when you smell like an old smell, like maybe from your childhood, it brings oh, you back. Oh yeah. Like you smell like a perfume, like it reminds you of that one girl, or you uh, you eat a certain like dish, it takes you back to like maybe when your mom made that when you're like five. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, the mind's really neat how it does that. Why, like, how come we don't get to just have that? Do you ever think about that? Like, how come I just can't have all these memories whenever I want them? Why does my brain only give me a little bit? I personally don't think that. 
I know, like, if you were to think think, think back, like, you can, because uh, they say, like, uh, memory, uh, they, they're, like, some scientific stuff where they say, like, memory just decreases over time. And part of that's true, part of it's not. Um, in my belief, like, consciously, you don't remember it. Like, that's why, like, you can't, like, remember, like, what was said, like, two days ago. Right. But, like, subconsciously, you remember everything. Like, you can't pinpoint it, like, Consciously, but subconsciously you can't. Yeah, but like, why do you, why not? Right? Like, so, so why was the brain made to not be aware of everything that you've experienced all the time? Like, okay, that's too much work. (laughs) It's it's way too much work. It's like, it's Uh, too much energy, man. Your head would burn up. (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. So, like, your brain is, uh, wants to make things like super simple, super easy. And that's why we create habits. Mm. um like think back to when like when you were trying to like drive a car yeah and like when you're trying to learn like it took absolutely everything out of you like you were like checking your mirrors all the time you were like super focused you couldn't like uh like bear to like look down or like look another direction like your 100 percent focus was trying to drive that car and then like after a week like, it started getting easier and like now like years from now you don't even think like you go in like you put your seatbelt on start the car yeah. Check your mirrors and just go. And like you go like in a, this like thoughtless like way. You don't you don't think you're probably thinking about like what you gotta do later on for work. Or I don't condone this, but like people text and drive. Yeah, right. <laughs> like they are doing all these other things and like your mind just wants to make things like so much more simpler so it doesn't have to do work. Your mind's lazy. That's amazing. The human mind is lazy. But I guess it is doing a lot at the same time. So maybe it has the right to be lazy. <laughs> yeah. So it takes uh it, it is control of like 99.994% of your day versus your conscious mind is the, the other of that. So consciously, you are aware of like so many different things, like just like so little different things, like consciously you are focusing on the sound of my voice. But like consciously, you're not aware of how your butt feels in the chair hmm. or that room, that sound that's coming across the other side of the room. But like now when I brought your conscious mind there, yeah, like you brought your focus to it. But the thing is, like, that stuff was happening all this time, and your subconscious mind was recording it. But since it's not that important to you, and things like that, like, you just wasn't focusing on it. Yeah, that, man, yeah. That's interesting. Because, yeah, I guess it almost comes down to, like, the survival, right? Like, the re- you couldn't, you can't be everywhere all the time, but you have to have, like, that feel to be triggered to, like, turn all your attention to that one threat. It seems very primal, you know? Yeah, man. So you can the hypnotizing now. I like. I don't know. I maybe I should have started getting in on it with that. I didn't mean to like blindside you with bartender talk, but I enjoy like oh, no, people okay. serve. Um, the hypnotizing, like, what's like? Is that a certified thing? My issue, my issue is that's a lot of trust, right? Like you let someone into your mind. I feel like, and maybe I have a warped sense of it, but it's almost like. I picture it like the dentist that knocks you out and then like puts you in these weird positions, take pictures of you and then like makes fun of you with the other dental people, <laughs> you know, like, cause you're just out of it. And I feel like hypnotizing, I would never do it because that's so much trust that I'm giving to someone to manipulate my mind. I get that. That is one of the most common things that I do like come across, like when I hypnotize people. 
And I don't blame you. Like, there's a lot of, like, misinformation out there from, like, people who, like, watch those. The those, comedy like, stage shows. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, stage shows, like, they're, like, fucking, um, like, chickens. They're, like, making complete fools of themselves. And, like, I completely understand that. But it's just, like, with hypnosis, you are in 100% complete control. So all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. So mm-hmm. I can hypnotize you to do whatever you allow me to. So, like, when I deal with my people, when it comes to, like, anxiety, like, they are allowing me to, like, create the change in them. And, but in reality, like, they're doing all the change themselves. I'm just a guy. So they have this awareness all the time. It's not like one, two, three, sleep, your head's down, and then you're just, like, giving them this mantra that their subconscious fills in to, like, overlay the anxiety. Yeah, that sleep thing is like the flashy like face stuff that you see. They're actually not sleeping. By the way, that's like I do. I do do that particular induction, and like it gets like people like quicker. But like they're not actually sleeping. Like they're just in a relaxed, calm state. Okay. Huh. I like how you threw the technical term in there. I do do that (laughs) type of induction. (laughs) So there are multiple ways then to get some to hypnotize someone. Yeah, like the most common one you've probably seen was like the little spiral in the TV, uh, the little pendulum that swings like back and forth. Yeah, the pocket watch. Uh, yeah, but like there's like so many ways. Like all that is is just like a way to like get you to focus. Okay. And then yeah. because you get focused, like how does that help to get to the subconscious if I focus in on yeah. a pendulum? So one, like it gets you to focus, but like two, like while you're doing that, you're becoming much more suggestive. So like you're following the suggestions of the hypnotist. So like they say, like, hey, like look at this particular point. Then just begin to feel that your eyelids is getting heavier and heavier. You may even begin to notice that you're feeling more relaxed now. And now that you're feeling more relaxed, just go ahead and close your eyes. And then with like their verbiage, their language, they're just guiding you into this spot that um that your brain gets to. So it's called the theta wave. Hmm. So when you get down to this, I think it's a theta wave or alpha wave. There's like people who interchange them, but there's a particular brainwave state that we get into that we become like much more suggestible to actual things. And it's like that, that's where we're able to create like massive, like life changing shift in people's lives. And I, again, as a layman, I guess that would make sense because you're to survive you do not want to trust. And I was listening, um, Edward Slinginger, if I'm saying his name right, had just written a book and he was on Joe Rogan's podcast, um, The Drunk Book. Did you listen to it or have you heard about this? I have not heard about it. So basically like the whole premise of the book is why, like, why do you trust me if we'd be having the same conversation if we we're in a room? How come you trust that I'm not going to put this pen that I'm taking notes with through your neck to take all of your resources because my job is to survive and accumulate resources. That's what most like species do, right? He argued that drinking is what made man kind of separate and harmonize and trust each other because it relaxes your mind and it, it, that euphoria, you no longer want to fight where, and I'm like, so if the brain is constantly wired to like survive and the, you survive by kind of being skeptical, I guess it would make sense that you would have to get past whatever that barrier is 
to actually make a change in the mind. Yeah. You say yeah, like yeah. This, common sense. Yeah, no, it definitely is because like that there's like so much sense. misinformation out there. Like there's like so much stuff like saying this and that. Like it's pretty normal to be skeptical. Yeah, but I, I think it's just a human nature thing for like safety. And I had not thought about hypnotizing when you get hypnotized, having to almost break that barrier to allow the suggestions um, to take root, to have cause, to have power. You kind of froze. Sorry. that have, I'm in the country. <laughs> the internet. I need a door-to-door -door salesman to get a second internet provider out here, man. <laughs> That's what I need. Um. So then now that you've got past the um, theta wave, if that's the correct term, and now the someone's subjective, are they guiding the conversation as far as, again, you, you're 11, you're in the class, are they describing the scene to you and you're trying to shape their way of perceiving it? Like, oh no, she's not bothered by you asking her to go somewhere. She wants that's to help you. Is that kind of the process? Yeah, so I take them down to the very, like, root core of it, and, like, I just, like, get their point of view of, like, what it is. So, like, I'll get them to relive it, and then they'll tell me, like, how it was. So, like, in my case, like, I was experiencing the, the things I was experiencing. And then, like, later on in the process, she, she brought me back to that, and she pretty much, like, had me go through this process, like, hey, like, I'm not this little 11-year-old child that believes this, this, and that. I'm actually 27. I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. And like we from there we create a new belief and this new mindset moving forward. Oh, okay. That makes so if it were a movie, you would have morphed from the eleven year old to your present day person and like experienced that moment again, but with the confidence that you have now. Pretty much yeah. Right? Yeah. Instead of like just changing the moment, you just remind yourself that you're safe now. Interesting, man. Interesting. And like when people, uh, you're saying like they're aware the entire time. So like, is it, what are people like after a session of being hypnotized? Are they like huggy? Are they super lovey? Are they drowsy? <laughs> uh, one person was like super like relaxed. Like he didn't want to get up. <laughs> Other person, like he would like, I don't know, he would ain't down on the couch she's like i don't want to move <laughs> like me like when i when i did that particular session i was on the couch for like two hours and then oh wow yeah it's like i want to stay here <laughs> but like there's also i have like uh, like shorter sessions too it really depends on like the client who i'm dealing with but like i've done people in like hypnotize within like 15 minutes and like they're like they wake up like as if like they're just like more energized hmm yeah i would feel like it would be a really nice Wait, and I, I don't know much about sleep either, the whole like REM cycle or that deep sleep versus light sleep thing. But I would assume the hip, being hypnotized would get you to that deeper state. And if it's happening quicker, man, like that, that's the ultimate goal of people, right? Like I don't want to sleep for eight hours. I just want to sleep for two hours, drop dead, perk up and grab another six hours of my life, right? Like that would be, that would be beautiful. And I, I'm curious, like if being hypnotized would, um, feel like that we can hypnotize you to feel like that to be honest <laughs> like oh really um, yeah so like were you just like completely energized 
Yeah, like you just, I mean, you feel like you got a great night's sleep without having to actually get a great night's sleep. Yeah, we can. Uh, I've done it to my, uh, I've done it to my friend, and my friend done it to me before. Stop, like I was, yeah, like I went to Miami. I want to say like a month ago, and like I just pulled an all nighter like my last night there, and I was just like starting to crash, and then like she hypnotized me to like feel like like a jolt of energy, and like I was just like wired again. I I need more details to understand this. So instead of drinking twelve Red Bulls or whatever, it's what focus on the circle and then some positive thoughts or what? Well, hey, there's like a really intricate like process that she did walk me through, but like I want to say that like the mind is very powerful. It's like the most powerful thing that you have. Um, like you ever heard of the placebo effect? Oh yeah. Like, there's been like doctors who will like give you like this like sugar pill but they'll tell you like it's going to cure this and while them taking that they actually get cured but it's not because of the pill it's because they have the belief in their mind that because i take this pill i'm gonna get healed mm -hmm. so they create this new powerful belief that this is going to happen and with hypnosis we pretty much like do the same thing too uh it really depends on like the session like the framework of it like every single hypnosis session is going to be different but that's like general, generally like the idea of it. Like I'm creating this new set of uh, thinking, this new belief, this new perspective in your life, and you're going to be moving forward from that like day on. Yeah. Like people quit smoking like instantly from hypnosis. Dude, my boss, that's how he quit. He told me, he fucking, I'm like, you smoked? He was like, yeah, I got hypnotized. And he said it all matter of fact. And I was like, Dude, you went to a fucking hypnotist? And he was like, yeah, it was one of the best things I did. It was like, it took 15 minutes, never wanted to smoke again. And I was like, yeah. stop, dude, it cannot be like that. And he swears by it. He was like, yeah, it was that easy. Yeah, as it is. Yeah, dude, another guy um, was going through a divorce, hated his wife, fucking despised her. Almost like I hated that lady I was working for. Terrible thoughts. Said he went to a hypnotist to like try to get some of that hatred out of his heart is what he called it. So that he could like deal with her when he was around his kid. He was like three sessions and I'm fine with her now. And I'm like, stop, man. I'm like, that's it. You didn't go to like counseling. You didn't hug it. I was like, nah, man, I just had somebody get into my head and talk me through it. They were like, and these are older dudes. And they were like, telling you, Sean, telling you, Sean, believe it. Get into it, man. When you got some shit you need corrected, get a hypnotist. And I'm like, no, it can't be. But it does seem yeah. it does seem to be. <laughs> yeah, it is. Hundred percent. Yeah, and it's funny because when you said placebo effect about the belief, that goes back to like the whole Santa Claus thing. Like they believe Santa Claus did those things, and that's a placebo effect. But it's real, you know. It it really is their part of their being. Yeah. What's learning to hypnotize people like? What's that coursework or that class like? With me, I went through a specific uh, company that created like a, a very simple system that did it, that like taught me like the whole like backstory behind hypnosis and all that stuff. And it taught me a process of like how to effectively hypnotize people. Uh, that took me like three days. Uh, you can actually do it like a lot more faster. Um, there's like other like questions out there that gives you like brief rundowns. And like now with me, like I'm just like constantly learning of like new ways of like how to create like better change. But like for the typical person that's like not into hypnosis and want to get to like learn about it, uh, I would recommend like there's a book called. Uh, let me bring it up right now. 
Reality is plastic. Here we go. Huh. Yeah, reality is plastic. It gives you like a firm understanding of like what hypnosis is, and like he talks about like a lot about hypnosis and stuff like that. Like that's a really good starting uh, starting point. Other than that, like there's a handful of like different courses on like Udemy or like these online courses that sell it for like a couple hundred bucks. Not really that expensive. Okay. But like they'll teach you like proper framework of how to like effectively do it. And like you don't need to go to school for it, but uh, like it helps. I get it. Like now that like I'm like fully certified, uh, I'm fully certified. Uh, I would go against the school route because like well I also have like a well, I also have like a really solid foundation, and like now everything I bring in, I'm just like adding to my arsenal. Just like, from you researching on your own. Yeah. So I got. Uh, I got certified by a company and then I went and got my NLP certification, which is like a higher up level, which like breaks it down to an even like greater extent. And like now that I'm doing that, like I'm just picking and choosing from like the best like hypnotists out there and like the best like kind of content and just like utilizing it in mind. So I can create like much faster, much better change in like the lives that I'm touching. What's the higher level? Or like how would you differentiate that if you're if someone's looking for a hypnotist and I'm thinking of it almost like a doctor, like general practitioner to surgeon, right? Like I hear the word surgeon. I don't go to you if I have a cold, I go to you to replace my ACL. So when you had said like higher level, I, I'm trying to get some context to understand right, the, the better technique, if that's even the word or what makes it a higher level. Okay. So when I said higher level, I meant as in like a higher level within like the company that was like uh I, I was like sold a higher package to like create this up. So they gave like much more better information uh, that for you to learn to create like better change. But like there is a bunch of like information out there that you can utilize and just create change like in your life. As far as like levels, like there's nothing like a doctor or a surgeon. Uh, there are people who do like study and like have like different practices. Like there is a foot therapist. There is a, what is it? Um, like there's like, like people who like, Massage therapists, yeah, like things like that. There's like acupuncturists. Okay. There's like there's all these people who like specialize in things. Like when it comes to like that stuff, like there's like uh, hypnotherapists, there's NLP practitioners, master practitioners, and things like that. They just have a different set of tool sets. Uh, they, they just have like different set of tools to like help the person that they're helping. Yeah. So like that's and that's what's so hard for me to wrap my head around are those different tools. Right. And is it really just more like guiding techniques or is it like content specific where um, I'm trying to think of like an emotion. So if you focus on helping people alleviate anxiety, can someone else help someone get chicks <laughs> confident, you know, or like someone to feel to be a better problem solver. So like I specialize in hypnotizing you to solve problems better or to make friends, make people, make you more likable. I hypnotize you and my specialty is making you more likable. Is that kind of stuff out there? There are, not that I'm aware of, but pretty sure like I've helped people with like different sets of problems. Uh, like the last person who I helped, uh, he was just like completely unrelated to anxiety, but like he felt like he was such a failure and like um, he was always like getting in his way. So, like, with that, like, I just hypnotized him to be the, the exact person that he wanted to be. 
So I gave him like suggestions and I like, gave him the proper mindset to become the person who he wanted to be. And it's like, regardless of like whether they have this or that, like with the proper mindset, like I can't guarantee that uh, like someone's going to be like highly successful or I can't guarantee that someone's going to be the millionaire. But like, I can guarantee you that you're going to have a proper mindset and you're going to continue to move forward until you get that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, man, it's so, it's hard for me to make concrete, but I feel like that's because it's such a, it seems like it's just very individualized to the person that comes seeking some help. And that's why I'm trying to understand. I don't, again, I don't mean to come across if I am as being like, um, demeaning or like, um, is it lowbrow? Like saying like, ah, it's a hypnotist thing. Like, I don't mean to be that at all. I'm just trying to like get like the categories, but maybe I'm thinking about it the wrong way, you know, by trying to compare it to other fields. Maybe it's its own field in a way. Yeah. So it is its own field. Um, it is like, and like the clients who I deal with is like a one-on-one basis where like it's very specific to them, but overall, like the framework is pretty much the same. Hmm. I got them through a process that, it alleviates them from anxiety and then at the same time it moves them into the person that they want to be. Like, so then dude, you go to a party and you're hanging around and it's like one o'clock Are people just always like hypnotize me. Are they constantly asking for you to do something to them? Wow. Like some of the people who I do come across are kind of like scared of it, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, okay. But other people are like really like, um, like re- they're really into it. So, like, I'll do, like, some funny things where, like, I'll, like, hypnotize them to, like, have their feet stuck to the floor or, like, their butt stuck to the chair or like, their eyelids, like, stuck shut. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> you say that, you're like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's so yeah. matter of fact. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of my funniest things was uh, I hypnotized a grown man uh, to, make it, to make him believe his name was Beyonce. And like, he felt it. I said, like, hey, man, what's up, man? My name is Jeremiah. He said, oh, uh, my name is Beyonce. <laughs> so then that's like the stuff you would see on stage like that comedy thing yeah that's a comedic stuff that like a lot of people get scared from yeah right like but that's in the context of like for comedy like yours like hypnosis always having has an intention yeah like in a in the stage show it's for comedy so you see comedic things you see people like saying their name is beyonce or like acting like their favorite actor or like clucking like a chicken with in a therapeutic standpoint, we use it to address the problem that you're and like the issues that you're having yeah. and alleviate you from it and get you into this new amazing world that you're trying to get into. So guy who turns in and so now what I'm thinking is guy that turns into Beyonce versus eleven year old understanding I'm no longer an eleven year old. Does it wear down? Do you lose it and you need to almost get like rehypnotized, recharged? Does Beyonce guy like it's almost like a hey man, in ten hours you'll be fine, you'll be back to being Jeff. With that, so with the Beyonce dude, uh, he once I took him out of it, he like finally re- realized his name was that. Uh-oh. But like when I take you into the session where uh, like you're that eleven year old child, like like bringing you down to that, like you find out all these old beliefs that you used to have. And like, from there, it just like creates a change. Like you just like, you get firsthand experience of like what it was like and like what, like what you were just like going through at the time. And like, now that like you're older, you're just like, yo, like 
I can continue to like live this way and like think these same thoughts that I was thinking when I was this 11 year old child or when I was a 17 year old kid. Cause like the beliefs that you have, like they're completely fine for at the, cause the beliefs that you have right now, like were due to like something that happened to you in the past and it served you well in the moment that it happened. But maybe you are years, like years down the line where you're trying to do something else. That same old belief is what's holding you back. So, like, when it comes back to that, that you have living your own child, like, you now know, like, of what you were going through at that time. And, like, at that point, I was like, yo, like, do I choose to believe that I'm a nuisance, that I shouldn't exist? Or do I want to believe this new thing where I'm confident, I'm, like, I'm a force to be reckoned with, like, I'm here to change lives. Gotcha. Like, what, like, what do you, what would you rather choose? Yeah, right? So then you're just aware, and it's almost like if you needed the recharge or the refocus, you're able to do it yourself because you're aware of what it was back then that was being done to you, those feelings and emotions. Yeah, uh, I also, like, every single one of my clients that I do deal with, like, I give them, like, a recording to, like, help them, too. Oh. So it is a quick little recording that they get, like, a as, like, a side where they listen to it for like 21 days and it is meant to, so the session is supposed to, is meant to change it like right then and there. The recording that I give my people to, uh, that I give to my people, like they, it just makes those suggestions. It just makes that stuff much more powerful and it gets you going in the direction that you want to go. Uh, but there's been people who like don't really need that. Like, like one session's enough and it's like been completely changed. But like to answer your question of like the 11 year old child, and like the 17 year old kid, like they don't really need to like have that. Like multiple sessions. Cause I'm again, like to compare it to something I would know, like if you're, if you're rehabbing an ACL, right. You're going to go to physical therapy multiple times till that muscle is stronger. And I guess I was trying to, I'm thinking about that mindset in that frame of if it's if it's a traumatic thing <clears throat> can you get over it in that one session or do you have to like deal with it a little bit you get close to accepting it but you're just not ready yet so you got to come back and not harp on it that seems like a strong word but revisit those thoughts and why you thought that why why you felt the way you did at 11 hmm. oh things can be done instantly so change doesn't happen like over time. It happens the moment you decide to make the decision for that. So uh, like <laughs> that's so that's so empowering. You're like change happens instantly yeah. the moment you decide. You're like oh shit, I just got I just got. Yeah, so choice. like some so like some clients that I've dealt with, like it took them multiple sessions. Um, and like that was just like more on like my end where I wasn't able to like just like pinpoint like I couldn't like I felt like I could have done better. But like, I'm not, like, other hypnotists can, like, do it, like, much more quicker. Like, other hypnotists, they maybe want to take a little bit longer. There's, like, and then, like, some of my other clients where I just done it, like, a single session. So it really depends on the person and, like, how well the hypnotist can, like, actually relate the information and, like, gotten through. Uh, but, like, back to, like, the change happens in the moment. So, like, these people, like, get scared of dogs because they were bit when they were a young child. And now they're, like, super scared. Or people got into a car crash, uh, like when they were younger, and like they're like kind of scared to get behind the wheel. Mm. If such a powerful change can happen in a negative way, such a powerful change can happen in a positive way too. Mm. So it's like not like one way. Like people can people can change in a, the most powerful way in like a positive way. Trump, you know that's interesting because like 
you hear the word consequences, most people think of that as a negative, right? No, not you. So you're shaking your head but because you think about this shit all the time. If you talk to kids and you talk to kids about consequences, like give me an example of a consequence. Nine out of nine times, it's going to be something negative. Me getting grounded, me getting my phone taken away. And you're like, N- but why are we, why are you looking at it as negative? Consequences are also extremely positive. It's not a negative or a positive. It's just like a result. And I hadn't thought about that because you get bit by a dog. That's just as traumatic as the first dog you ever get is super cuddly and gets its belly rubbed and licks your face and you feel great. And like, why can't that be just as powerful as the bite? That's a really good point. Yeah, it actually is. Is that people like tend to like, cause like, so like the body's like meant to protect you, like the fear and stuff like that. It's much more easier to stay away from something than it is to move forward. Right. So like when it comes to like all these negative, like people are like pushed by all these negative things. But in reality, they can actually do the same thing with the positive. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, but I, yeah, I, I could see people needing guidance to almost accept that, to get that belief, because positive to me would be much closer to Santa Claus. <laughs> like believing yeah. in Santa Claus is believing in the power of that positivity to the girl breaks up with you, you feel rejection. Now the next girl you go to, to ask out you're bringing all that rejection, anticipating it where it's like, nah, man, like you also, there was some positives that happened. Why can't this one be just as positive as that one was just as negative? That's a, yeah, yeah I hadn't really considered it before. I like that. Yeah. And like the same kid that like, that was like all curly with that dog, like that kid's going to grow up and just like absolutely like love dogs. Yeah. Yeah. So what can happen one way it can happen the other. That's do, do you, it, it's kind of a stupid question, but I wonder, do you get made fun of for this or are people like cool with it? Is it like, Oh man, that's awesome that you're like hypnotizing counselor or are they like, come on, man, hypnotizing. <laughs> I, I get my fair share of hate. <laughs> like, oh, that's that fake stuff. Right. And like, I just like brush it off. It's like, okay, like, you're not someone who I want to talk about it. <laughs> so, like, people's gonna have, yeah, it's just like, cool. Like, people who, like, want to, like, experience it, who want to, like, talk about it, who want to, like, see what it actually is, like, I'll just, like, spend my time with them. Other people who's, like, who doesn't care about it or, like, talk, like, slanders on them, it's like, you're not even, like, worth my time to, like, like, even, like, talk about it. It's just like, really, it's like, because no matter what, like, people's gonna have their opinion on things. Like, you do, like, the greatest thing in the world. Like, there's gonna be that one asshole who just, like, thinks you're, like, Oh my god, like how can you believe like how can you sit there and like do such a thing? Like you can't please everybody, so Yeah, I was cause you seem and I've not thought about this either, man. And that's part of what I love doing about this is just thinking about things. You just seem young to me to be into this. But then I'm thinking in my head, like, well, what is the right age to be a hypnotist? You know, like when I it didn't even cross my mind in my twenties to be like, hey man, hypnotizing. That might be the route to go. But maybe that's just like the circle I was in or wherever I was at in my life. I mean, teaching, I've decided to get into teaching. Um, but I'd never considered like, yeah, hypnotizing could be like that field to get into. That's why I was asking it about like, I guess it was more like, do younger people receive hypnotiz- hypnotizing as like a profession better? 
That's what I was thinking about. Yeah, uh, my mentor, he is 22 years old. And he's absolutely crushing in the game. Another mentor I have, uh, he's also, he just turned 21. Like, he just be, like began to, like, start drinking. Like, <laughs> I also, like, have another mentor of mine. He's 34. Like, it's been around for, like, centuries. Like, yeah. since, like, the 1800s. Yeah, yeah, right. And, like, it really depends on, like, who, like, comes across it at, like, some point in their life. Like, I didn't fully get into it until I was like 25, 26. Right. Like if I could have gotten into it much more earlier, that'd be dope. Yeah. No <laughs> but like everybody's different. So. Yeah. I, I feel like younger generations and I, I don't know if this is why or if it's connected, but the youth that I'm seeing come up and I deal middle school, 11 to 14 year olds, um, seem much more open about expressing their emotions, which to me would lead to them being open about, hypnotizing because you're going to be vulnerable. You're going to express a weakness. You're going to try to get help with that weakness. And especially for guys, that was not typical talking about feelings and fears when I was growing up. And I, I wonder if that's maybe part of the shift that happens with these 22, 21 year olds is like you're in your feelings and you're almost like metacognitive about them. Why am I feeling this way? What is this about? You're like self-counseling. It seems like a lot of the time now when you're a youth and if that's why um it could be almost like this surge of help yeah um wasn't really a question i'm sorry i'm just like thinking out loud now like i, I don't know why i like to like <laughs> theorize about these things because i also think like with zoom and with covid like i i think there's going to be this wave of it, it's so much easier to try to get help if this was like a help session and maybe it is in some way for me, if this was a help session, there's so much like anonymity with me getting a zoom link to you, then me driving to your practice, me being embarrassed about my car being seen there, me having to answer questions about what you were doing at this place for hours on end. And there's also a safety like to being in your home. And like, I could see counseling hypnotizing hypnotics hypnotizing like that sort of field expanding with the communication infrastructure that's been put in with covid like i i think it could really help people just feel good make it easier to yeah uh me personally i like how covid actually like created things for me like like i'm like more like I'm more face to face, but like through like this, like the computer, like I can be anywhere that I want. Like I'm not like stuck to like like some office. Right. Like people can like I can help people all over the world now. Like it's like much more better because it expands like my region of like who I can help. Versus like if someone's out here in uh, California, like I'm in San Diego specifically, like someone like from LA has to drive down like two hours just to see me. Yeah. Versus like the person who I last helped, he was in like Canada. <laughs> Yeah, like like just above New York, like I forgot the name of this, the spot, but like he was like he was like Eastern time in like Canada. I was like, okay, like I'm like helping like a wide variety of people. Like this online stuff just really helps like us like coaches and healers and like hypnotists and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, right. You can um you can see it because I feel as much, especially not to be an ageist, but as much as people are growing up on screens now old people like me, you constantly try to fight it, right? Get off the screen, go connect in a real way. But if you just as negative can be just as positive. If you look at it, like we're can be so connected, we can get you what you need 
in a moment and maybe there's not someone around Canada that you feel comfortable with getting help from. Here I am. <laughs> three, you know, three hours away, my friend. I'm I'm here for you and I'm here to help you. That is neat. Yeah, so how does hypnotizing work over a Zoom? Over a Zoom, it's like the same as how it would uh, work in person. Um, like, I would just, like, have you, like, frame yourself, like, just, like, within the camera so I can, like, make my necessary adjustments with, like, the suggestions I'm giving you. Other than that, it's, like, the same as, like, being in person. Only difference is, like, I'm talking through a screen and versus, like, face-to-face. That's interesting. Because you don't – have you – um do you know – do you have a number about how many people you've hypnotized through a Zoom? couple dozen. Because yeah, I'm wondering, like, difficulty-wise, are you noticing any trends? Do people get more distracted in their homes? Is it maybe even a little easier than in person? Oh, no. Well, like, when it's in, like, person, I can, like, fully see, like, how their body's reacting to, like, the suggestion I'm giving. Uh, and it's, like, personally, I think, like, in person is, like, a lot more better. Uh, like, with Zoom, like, there is, like, some sort of lag or, yeah. like, sometimes, like, the camera won't pick up, like, certain twitches or... Like little things like that, like, huh. but Zoom is just as good. Like, I just had to restructure it around, like, being on Zoom, because uh, I do have like some like, like some tests that I like walk my uh, clients through, and like I can do it perfectly in person versus I can't do it at like the same way in over Zoom. Why is that? Because like some of them, like I have them. So, like, one of the things I like to do in person is I like to have them imagine themselves, like, on a, on a rocking boat. <laughs> and, like, I like to be, like, like there just in case, like, they rock over too much. Oh. Uh, versus, <laughs> Gosh. Uh, so, like, with, uh, like, versus, like, on, online, like, I just, like, do, like, things that, like, like, your fingers are stuck together or your butt's, like, stuck in the chair or your eyelids are so heavy that you can't, just can't lift them up. So, like, things like that, like, I can like, easily see on on camera versus like I can't do that type of stuff or I, I can't do that stuff in like in person, but like there's things I can do in person that I would rather not do over the makes sense. Safety. The safety. I had not considered safety. Oh yeah. Interesting. I don't want them like knocking it on the head on the floor. So stitches. <laughs> lawsuits, lawsuits and stitches. Uh, I do not want <laughs> What's the hypnotic community like? You had mentioned a couple mentors, and I, I think that's really neat because you had also brought up about just finding different techniques and um, sharpening your sword, enhancing your practice. Like, how open and accepting are people with um, expanding this in your experience? Oh, they're like all over it, to be honest. <laughs> really? Like, I, there, there's been like a client who I would, who seemed a little bit too difficult for my. For like my study, like she was in a in a she was experiencing a problem where I I have a general framework of like how to deal with it, but like I didn't want to just take it on and just like say like hey I can help you out when I know there's someone who actually specializes in this and I referred it out and like I had like multiple people just hop on it. Um, what was and the, there's like Oh, no, I'm sorry, man. I was just curious, like, what was the specific field as much as you can say about it? Or what was she going through that? Like, extreme depression. Okay. Like, like suicidal depression. I'm just like, I am not touching that. Oh. Uh, 
I would much rather have you go through someone else who actually like specializes in it. Um, and I referred him out to like a, I gave her, I gave her like two things that she can like go off of, but like, I'm just not, <laughs> I'm not touching that. Like I can have a depression, but like the fact that she said that, I'm just like, Ooh, I'm not going to have that. <laughs> I'm on plate. So. Gotcha. That's wise, man. Cause it'd be easy to, for your ego to talk to you and just say, I got this. I can handle this. Well, like I could like try but like I want to give that client the best possible experience that yeah. they can possibly have, and like yeah, I can do some work, and like yeah, what I what I do like does work really good. I'd rather have someone who specializes in that particular field because like what if I get into that session where I'm not comfortable with it? Like this other person who does this, who actually like speci specifically deals with this field, can do it way more better than me. Gotcha. Okay, so then now so I rather. I'm sorry, man. I'm doing a shit job. I keep cutting you off, man. But I'll, I'll blame it on Zoom. But that almost goes to what I was thinking about earlier, like hypnotists having particular fields of specializing in. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, then that, that does make sense. So it is similar to like foot doctor or I have elbow issues. I go to see an elbow guy. Like that would make sense because you would, I, in my head, I'm thinking – there has to be certain ways to even just frame questions or bring things up that will either help the person or hinder the person from overcoming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like I'm a hypnotist. I can hypnotize people to do like a wide range of things. I've helped people with smoking cigarettes, losing weight. Um, and I can do all that stuff. But like me specifically, like, like my passion, like what I've gone through and like what I want to help people do with is anxiety relief. Mm -hmm. So like that's where I like my forte. Like other like other hypnotists, like you'll see like they'll like say themselves like I'm the confidence coach or peak performance or uh like dating or whatever yeah. the case may be. Like they have their specific niche and they just like master in it. But every other hypnotist they can go into like other other things. Gotcha. Be what you're comfortable with. I want to go back to high school because you had said that you kind of got this, uh, you got this confidence and you overcame the anxiety later on in life and not trying to make you feel terrible, but <laughs> I, I want to kind of get a sense of your school experience being anxious and then how that's helped you to help others. Oh, so like my school experience while I was in high school, because I feel high school is like say, wicked formative. Like high school tends to be the years that like just screws with people. Oh yeah. So I was <laughs> so I remember so like there's a certain spot that I kicked it with uh, that I kicked it at like at lunch, and um, there was a short way where I have to cut through like the um, the lunch yard, and like every and uh, there was like a short way where I can just cut through that, and I can be in the eyes of like everybody, or I can walk the long way and have less eyes on me and like not be in contact with many people. Mm -hmm. I chose a long way every single day. Um, I was really, I had like really low self-esteem. Like I didn't like, I fucking hated like speaking in front of class. Like I, if I can call out that day, if I can like go get absent that day, like I would. That's serious, like, it huh? was bad. Um, like meeting new people did not happen. Like people had to introduce me to other people. And even then, like I was like super like, like scared just to do it. Like I was like still experiencing like panic attacks. Um, like 
I didn't, I just hated being the like center of attention, and like it caused me to be like very, it caused me to be like very, like very to myself. And I, I didn't have like a lot of friends like growing up in high school because I was just like always to myself. And like I remember like I tried to break out of that like one time where I played uh, the ukulele in talent show. <laughs> that was the most frightening thing Dude. I ever done. I remember um, I like. So it was in front of a crowd of like 500 people, and I didn't know at the time. Holy shit. Uh, but like, I remember I played, and then like right before, I remember like right before I was getting on, I was experiencing a panic. And I was like, yo, I can't do this. I cannot do this. I can't. I'm not like, I'm just like, no, like, I'm just gonna like, like run away real quick. And then like my friend had like caught me, like he pumped me up and stuff like that, got me like excited to go in there. And then like I felt pumped up for a second, and as soon as I went back on stage, yeah, I felt it again. I was like, oh my God. And then, like, I remember, like, I played, and then, like, I don't know, for, like, some reason, like, while I was playing, like, it is all, like, washed away in, like, a split second. The anxiety. And it's, like, played, and it's, like, what's that? The anxiety. Yeah, it just, like, washed away. Like, like every last ounce of it was just, like, washed away from my body, like, the moment I started playing. Um, and then, like, I played it, and then I got off stage, and then they told me, like, oh, yeah, there was 500 people here. Like, my knees buckled. <laughs> I was, like, oh. Almost fancy for a second. So you didn't but know like, there were that many people when you got on stage? Nope. Yeah, okay. And yeah, you, it was like a packed house. Are are you that good at the ukulele? <laughs> I haven't played like much since then, but I can still play some Bob Marley here and there. <laughs> but back then, were you like pretty oh, regular? Yeah, I, was really good. I was good. Okay. Interesting. And what was the song? Was it Bob Marley? Something Bob Marley? Yeah, it was like Bob Yeah, Bob Marley Jamming. No, not Jamming. It was Is This Love? It was uh, I'm Yours by Jason Mraz. Um, okay. It was, oh my God, I forgot the name. Yeah, it was like some other like chick. It was uh, Lullaby by, uh, her name escapes me. Latia. Yeah, Lullaby by Latia. And there was like one more. So I kind of forgot. You played like three, four songs on stage in front of all these people? It was four songs, yeah. How did you get to the point where you wanted to get on stage? Like, who was in your ear telling you, hey, get over this anxiety of and perform? It was just me. I was just like, yo, like, I haven't done much at this school. Like, I'm, like I was, like, too scared of, like, getting into sports. I didn't want to do anything. I was like, all right, like, let me make a name for myself. Like, this, like last year, I was like, all right. And then, like, I remember uh, my friend was, like, always bringing over to ukulele. I was like, oh, like, that seems cool. And I started playing it, and I kind of, like, got used to it. So I bought one, and I practiced for like a handful of months, and then I just joined. That's hilarious. You were like, let me make a name for myself. Yeah, I was like, hey, I had to go out with a bang, man. Dude, that's awesome. I've never, I don't know, not, I, I think our personalities are pretty similar. I'm not like, a, even though I'm a teacher, like bartending, you're like on stage, but feel this weird control. I get like hella social anxiety in large settings, man. But I never felt the need to like, let me show this school who I am. Let me make a name for myself. Cause that really would have fucked with me, man. Like, I don't know if I wanted that many people knowing my name. Oh uh, yeah. Like I was in the same point. I was, I was like thinking the same thing too. I was like, do I really want to do this? But like, it was like more of like me versus my anxiety. Like who's going to win this time? Like, mm. am I going to sit here and like cower? Like how, how I have been like for the past like few years. Or am I gonna like take a step forward and like like hit this like hit this thing like head on? Yeah. 
Dude, that's, uh, I took it as like a value standpoint. I was like, oh, like I'm, I'm gonna win this time. So, dude, that's ballsy for for a teenage kid to do, especially if they haven't come up doing it. Like that first step, man. That's um, that, that's commendable. Yeah. Did your um? So, anybody afterwards, after the knees buckle, whatever, later on, like, I'm sure. Did you hang out once the talent show was over, or did you immediately like run home? I actually hung out. I felt like really good. I felt like, I felt like I was on top of the world. And then uh, I remember going to like it was like on a Friday, and then I went to school like uh, like that Monday, and it's like everybody liked me. I was like, oh shit, like, cool. <laughs> like a lot of people like knew me from that. I was like, okay, yeah. Gotcha. And then, do you think that how much of a turning point was that for you for the rest of your school time? I want to say like I was much more comfortable. But, like, I was, like, still experiencing it. Um, I still experienced it to, to like, I want to say, like, it went from, like, a level 10 to, like, like a level 9. Like, it, <laughs> it, made, it made a dent in it. I give it that. It made a dent in it. But, like, I was much more comfortable, like, with, like, day, like just, like, going through my day. Gotcha. I, I wasn't as pent up just, like, walking through the hallways and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it definitely took a – it definitely made a dent in the feeling that I was experiencing. And – Social media wise, I'm super curious about your thoughts and your experiences with social media because you're you got me by a decade plus, right? Um, I want to say MySpace came out when I first started teaching, like, I didn't even have MySpace, right? <laughs> didn't have to deal yeah. with that shit. Now, what I see kids having to post and deal with, man, if they felt the way you're describing those feelings, I could not imagine. Navigating, dealing with, posting, knowing what's not to post, knowing what to like, knowing what to comment. And I'm curious, were you like a Facebook guy growing up or was there, what was the social media platform for you? Mine was MySpace. So oh, like, so as know. I was going through, yeah, I was still on MySpace. Okay. Yeah. Um, Facebook didn't even become a thing until like after I graduated. I graduated uh, 2011. Okay. So like 2011, 2010, like that, I think that's when I first got my, like my Facebook and like that's when... Uh, MySpace is also like kind of dying out. Right. Well, it was like around that time. But even then, like when you're on like MySpace, like people are talking about like all these, like he's like share this post or like all these, like the, those little, those thread chains or whatever. Like if you don't share this within 30 minutes, you're uh. going to be having <laughs> <laughs> It was like stuff like that. Dude, my then, daughter like, got a text message of one of those <laughs> the other week. And like, she wound up like texting it to like four people. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't do that. But daddy, I want them to be blessed. And it says like, you'll get $10,000 if you send this to four people within four hours. And I'm like, that shit's still going on. It's amazing. So no, no, no anxiety connected with uh, social media for you then, huh? But not at all. Uh, it did take a toll. Like, uh, when I was like first starting this out, um, like, I was just, like, always, like, kind of curious. Or, like, I was always, like, hesitant. I'm, like, should I post this? Should I post that? Like, just, like, when I first, like, started out, I was just, like, that's when it, like, hit me, like, most. Because I was just, like, kind of concerned. I was, like, yo, like, what if this happens? And then like, I can't handle it. Like, it, like, it affects me, like, in, like, the new way. Where, like, you're just, like, going into, like, new things and you're, like, unsure. Like, the fear of the unknown. Yeah. Like, that's how it affects me. But, like, now it's just, like, I'm just, like, telling myself, like, I can handle anything that comes my way. If not, I'll figure a way out. 
So are you talking about the MySpace or are you talking about with the, your coaching business posting thing? Coaching. So like, um, oh, no way. I didn't, like, I didn't experience it with, um, I didn't experience it with my social media when I was like still in high school. Um, like it was like really weird. Cause like I wasn't even, re- I was really on to be honest. I would probably post like once every like two or three months. <laughs> like <laughs> I was like, I was really on it to be honest. And then, um, but like, wait, yeah, I was, I was barely on it to be honest. Um, like as far as like photos goes. And then like, I remember like I got into like network marketing when I was like 19. So there, that, that point I was kind of experiencing it to like some extent, but I was like, plus like motivational posts and stuff like that. But like the anxiety didn't really start kicking in until I was like 25. Like my last year of like me actually experiencing it when I was like trying to move forward in like business. Yeah, because that's that that's interesting, man. I um I hadn't I hadn't thought about that, but that would make a lot of sense if you have this fear of the unknown and you don't have a ton of experience on social media putting shit out there and where did your mind go? Like what were some of the worst case scenarios <laughs> you thought would occur? Uh, what if they don't agree with this? What if I say this the wrong way? What if I piss this person off? Um, like, what if I get this and I can't handle it? Um, when you say what this, if I do blow up? I'm, I'm wondering, like, what is the this? What if I get this? What specific this oh, did like, you think about? Like, what if I get this like certain situation that I can't handle? So, like, someone comes to me for an issue that, and like, I'm not confident enough to like actually handle it, or. Uh, I get into a session, like I, I, I get a client and like they come to me for whatever problem they have. And like when I actually go and bring them into a session, it's like a lot more than I can handle. Mm. Uh, I was like thinking like that and like, yo, like I was just not really confident with myself. I was just like not really confident in the things I could do. And like, I was just like not really confident, like moving forward. Like, I was just like always letting like, yo, all the what ifs like get to me. And like, that's what kind of like hindered me for like my first year doing this and like now as you can kind of see i've been like more much more that's what i'm looking more frequent and like my posting is like it's like a lot more like pinpoint i'm like hey like this is how it is because <laughs> you kind of have like the brand or the i don't know if brand gets overused but you have your lane that's another hyper- yeah. hyperbole i guess it would be and like now I'm like much more sincere and like direct with like my like messaging and like my voice. Like now is just like yo, like I'm like really clean cut with like what I'm actually want to do. Like because like back then too, I was just like kind of like do I want to do this or want to do that. Now it's just like I'm like laser focused on on this. I think that's just kind of like a natural progression of, and I've never built a business. I guess I'm kind of going through it with this podcast, but it's. I feel like all businesses have that plan or that idea, right? Like that model in their mind, then things start happening and you have to adjust and it's just natural. It's almost like growing up as a person, you get into SpongeBob and then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I'm not the SpongeBob guy anymore. I'm now into Teen Titans Go and it, your taste change, but then you find your lane of how you want to present and ways that you're effective. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's a pretty natural um, progression. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. 
man, that's dude. It's really neat. It's I, I'm curious. Well, I'm not too curious because I feel like you're just gonna be like, it's awesome. But I think it's awesome that <laughs> someone like you is able to like find this niche, not to downplay it, but find this like business and kind of pursue that passion, man. I just admire people who get to who are focused enough to do that. It's pretty cool to see. It really is. And just cool to hear their stories about it. Yeah. Thank you. Well, like, like, like you said, it is awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I just like love it though. It's just like seeing someone else live a lifestyle that they would have never done because I like helped them. That means like the world to me. Yeah. It, like because I walked in this person's life, because I helped them, because I said this or because I said that, I created a life-changing shift that would have never happened had I not stepped in front of this person. And like, I just want to do this with as many people as I possibly can. Like, whether it be like me or like maybe like they don't go with me and they go to like the next person and they get that. Like, I want to be like that guy that yeah, you're still a part of it. What's up? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're still a part of it, like a conduit. Yeah, like I just want to see people like live the best possible life that they could do. Because like life is meant to be lived, man. It can't be like stuck away, like how I have been in the past. Like just like always, just listening to all these negative thoughts, being locked away in a room, or because of some stuff. Like like you only live once, man. Like live it to the way that you actually want to do. Like you have to live the best lifestyle that you got. Yeah, man. Like, you have to. I often the awareness of death. I often think about with other animals. I don't know why I think about other animals so much and like compare species or whatever. But like I today took my dog for a walk on the beach two days in a row now. And it's, it's awesome. She's happy as hell in the waves. Like I, I admire her simplicity in life. Cause then she comes home. She's fucking lays down. She's just like, I'm out. I'm fine laying about. And like, you don't have any worries about like, how's the electric going to get paid or what's the heating cost for this? You know, it could be like she was outside in the rain waiting for me to get back. And she's just like sitting like she would in the sun. And I, I think of other animals and I wonder like, do they know their mortality? And is that part of why we as humans seem to have this anxiousness? Because are we the only creatures that are aware that time is limited? Like, does a fly realize it's going to live for a day? If it did, would it land on shit or would it go find better things <laughs> to eat? You know, I don't, I don't know. Man. I, again, just think. I think loud. that too. It's just like, why is it that we are the only human beings that will like waste time? Like we are the only species that will sit here and just like do things that we don't want to do. Like you look at a dog, like it's living its life. The whole 10, 15 years as like there, like yeah. no matter like what happens to it, like you lock it away in a room, you take it out. Like, it's like nothing ever happened, <laughs> but like you do that stuff with like us. And just like, we're sitting here talking about the past. It's just like, yo, it's like, don't you know, like we don't have that much time. That's a good point. Yeah. Dude, that's it. That, that's actually a great analogy for the dog. The dog could be locked in a pen for a week or a day. And then hopefully not a week. I believe that would be abuse um, for a day. And then like comes out and it just, do we get to throw the ball now? Do we get to throw the ball now? Yeah. Where like people would just like fight with the owner. Like if a person was locked in the kennel, again, very abusive. If a person was locked in a kennel and then came out and be like, why'd you lock me in that kennel? We're going to throw down. Like I'm going to have all this anger to you. I'm not going to be able to enjoy the ball throwing because I'm so pissed about that. I was in the kennel. That's a great, that's a great analogy. 
Yeah, why do you what do you have a theory why people have a hard time letting that shit go and just staying in the moment? It's because no. <laughs> I never thought of it like that. I was just like I'm just like really present. Like that's just me. Like and only time I do dip into the future is like when I'm trying to create things I want. Um Yeah. I really I very rarely go into the past. Um I'll use my past as a way as a like a learning point, as a, like what I can do better. And stuff like that. But other than that, like, I'm not really trying to focus on the past or, like, the future. Like, I'm trying to focus on, like, how can I create the best possible present moment right now? Like and that's, like, all I care about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that's such a good um, – I, I think about it, too, with teaching. And I – um, in my role, I get to see a lot of people teach. And I don't think I was like this as a teacher. But I start breaking down classes. And so much of it, like – for a 60 minute class, first 15 minutes is about the past, what you did in your homework, what assignments you're missing, we're reviewing. Then maybe you do something for like 10, 15 minutes. Then the rest of the class is all about what you got to do and the future. And I always feel like I don't care about before and after. I got you for these 60. That means all 60 of these, we are one. We are a class. I don't have you as 30 kids sitting out there with your 30 homes, doing your 30 things different ways. Not, And I, I think that's like, I don't know. I don't like it when I see it in a classroom, but I've never tried to think about it, dog analogy in life. And it's so easy in life. If you just think of conversations, how much of a conversation is about like past things that upset you or like future planning versus like cracking jokes and just fucking enjoying the food at the moment right yeah the weather the environment at the moment getting lost in the moment i like that man i like that you're about that can can i pivot because i've noticed now like four to five different tattoos on you (laughs) i actually got shit so I got nine. Oh man nine tattoos um so first question has to be how does your mom feel about these tattoos she doesn't like them <laughs> <laughs> she, every time i get one she's like no more tattoos <laughs> and why do you think she doesn't like them um i have no idea like she she probably thinks like, it looks like dirty or whatever it's unprofessional kind of a thing. Unprofessional. Like, I remember, like, growing up, like, um, like, my parents would be like, oh, yeah, you can't get tattoos when you're, like, until you're 21. And, like, they told me, like, all this, like, false stuff. I'm just like, wait a minute. No, I'm not. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, yeah. when I turned 19, I got my first one. Oh, and what, like, was her, what was her response to it? She just looked at it. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, what was it? It was uh, the Filipino Sun and Stars. Okay. I'm unfamiliar with the Filipino Sun Stars. So it's a symbol of like pride and almost like Filipinos. Okay. Yeah, I haven't. Actually, can I see it one more time? I don't know if I've ever actually like seen it. No, it almost looks like crystals within the sun. Those lines coming out, and then are they crystals, or is there any particular meaning to? Oh no, so that's just like the particular design. So I got it also like travel. 
Okay. So like normally like like not this one, but like other ones will be like more like filled in. Okay, so the sun itself doesn't have to be a particular format or font. Like I'm thinking of text fonts. There's not one particular sun for it. Uh, yeah, like there's like so many that like I've seen like so many like unique ones. Like they're also like super cool. Okay, that's interesting. And is there any sort of history behind that? The symbol of pride for the Filipinos with the sun stars. There is. I just can't like name it at the moment. <laughs> That's the best, dude. I love when people get tattoos and they're like, yeah, man, it really meant something to me at 19. Give me a little bit about what went into choosing that as your first tattoo. It was more from a sense of like, I was like I'm Filipino and like, I'm proud to be. Uh, like, a lot of, like a lot of Filipinos like have like a lot of pride within them. Like they're, like, like any other race, like, they're proud to be, like, whatever race they are. Like, this is, like, a symbol for it. And they, I know there's, like, a bunch of, like, there's an explanation up to, like, the Athens and some of the stuff that I didn't really get into, like, when I, like, researched it. But, like, that was just, like, the thing that, like, stuck with me. I was like, yo, like, I'm Filipino and I'm proud. Yeah, it, the, I, the sense of identity, I get, it gets super philosophical. But I, I think that's super common, and I often wonder why. Like we're tribal as people and it seems like humans get strength from this identity, but I don't know why we need it. <laughs> I don't know why, like it makes people feel good to be like, fuck yeah, I'm Irish. And now all of a sudden it's like, is it because you can bring in some stereotypes and it helps us to establish trust? I don't like, again, just rambling on thinking out loud, but like, I do wonder why that, why that's so common in people? Everybody has like their own like way of going. Like, also got an Irish tattoo too, so I'm like also like half Irish. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm like multi-race, so like let me like let me get some matching tattoos. <laughs> Dude, that's hilarious. You might be the first Filipino Irish guy. My daughter is half Mexican, half Irish, <laughs> which. Yeah. That's like kind of an interesting blend for her, but I don't, I don't know if I've met a Filipino Irish person. Yeah, uh, it's really common amongst like, uh, like Navy, Navy dudes. Oh, <laughs> like typical like Navy brat, like either the mom's Filipino and like the dude, like the dad's like white in the Navy. <laughs> so like that's what I'm Yeah, right now that does kind of make sense. I hadn't thought about that. So is that how you? Now, San Diego is a pretty big, like, military town. Is that how you got out there? Oh, uh, no. So I was born and raised here. Uh, my family, my dad, like, liked it over here and just, like, never decided to leave. <laughs> okay. I I've heard it's beautiful. I've always resisted going there because I heard the weather in San Diego just, it's like Hotel California. Sucks you in and you just check out anytime you want, but you can never leave. Yeah, like, it's cloudy now, but, like, I want to say, like, 90% of like the time over here is like sunny, clear skies. It rains like very rarely. Like typical weather is like like mid 60s, like very low 70s. The summer it does kind of get hot, but like our hot is like 80, 90 degrees. Yeah, that's nothing, man. It's <laughs> like other like other states where I guess like 110. Yeah, dude. Fucking Utah was up there. The whole Midwest. We'll get, yeah, Delaware gets around 100, um, but the humidity is what gets us, man. Humidity is the uh, 
the, the killer. I know it's like perfect over here. Like you can go to the beach any time of the year. It'll be straight. Yeah, and it's housing wise. I, I've been hearing about California and how whatever one bedroom apartment in San Francisco is like two three million dollars. Is it like affordable to live around San Diego or are you kind of getting priced out as a young up and comer trying to establish a life? Uh, it does has, like, it is like really expensive out here. Uh, but like, I'm like kind of used to it. Like I grew up like always like paying it. So I was just like anywhere else is going to be cheaper. Uh, there are like some States that I do like compete with us. Like as far as like pricing goes and stuff like that. But as far as like, that's like a fifteen like for like fifteen hundred bucks, you can probably get like a one bedroom or like a studio. Golly day. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I um I actually rent a house out, and it's two thousand square feet on an acre of land, and I get fifteen hundred dollars for that. We're lucky. <laughs> yeah. Like over here, there'll probably be like four. Yeah. Like no, three to four. Easily. Yeah, that's so crazy because in Delaware. I don't know. We have so much field, but we're so small. And you think of California, like y'all are what, like an eighth the size of America? <laughs> like California is huge. And it's crazy yeah. that like space costs that much out there, man. Yeah. Uh, what people pay for is the good weather. <laughs> if people pay for the good weather, it's like, it literally like does not change. Right. Like it's sunny, like a lot of the time. You get some like clouds here and there. The beaches are beautiful. Like good Mexican food. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>, Mexican food. <laughs> Have you ever thought about moving anywhere else? You ever had any interest? Uh, I fell in love with Miami uh, when I went there last month. Okay. So it is one of the things I will consider. Um, but like now, I'm, I just feel like I have like the travel bug. So like I'd rather like live in San Diego and just like travel everywhere for like a week or two at a time. Got you. Airbnb it up. Is that the way kids are doing it nowadays? Yeah, it's like cheaper. And then plus like you get to like actually have the experience of what that town's like versus like being in like some mainstream hotel. Yeah. Because you like live in a mainstream hotel, like you're in like some like obvious like spot that's like meant for like tourists and stuff like that. But like if you go in like Airbnb, like you get to experience like the culture, the the area, like what that particular like spot is like. Like, um, oh, no, I was gonna like, what tattoo did you get in Miami, man? Oh, I didn't go to, I didn't uh, get tattooed in Miami. Stop. I was just saying like, I visited. <laughs> was I was like, stop. How do you not get a tattoo in Miami? <laughs> uh, no, I might. So I'm going to Hawaii in like two weeks. So I might get a tattoo out there. Just saying. But, oh, <laughs> like, okay. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, like when I went to like, uh, Miami, like I got an Airbnb in like little Havana. And, like, just, like, the culture over there, like, getting, like, like authentic Cuban food, just, like, seeing, like, who grew up around there was, like, amazing. I was, like, just, uh, like, experiencing stuff versus going to, like, some mainstream hotel where you're getting, like, all these different tourists and stuff like that from, like, different walks of life. Like, yeah, that's cool. And I got nothing against it. But, like, just going there and, like, experiencing what that actual thing is like. Like, what's that, like, what's that demographic like? Yeah. Like, who are the people that hang around here? Like, what kind of food, like, does this, like, particular place have to offer? Like, what's unique about this place? Like, that's the type of stuff that I look into. Right. Yeah, little stores. Like, little boutiques. You know, what's the music scene going to be about? What can you walk to? Yeah. 100%, dude. We've, uh, I, 
grabbed an Airbnb in Nashville, although it might as well have been in a hotel. It was like a weird condo place. And um, it was right, right down the spot from like a bus station. And it was eye-opening to my daughter, man. Like bus stations, I don't know what they're like in San Diego, but they're fucking decrepit in Nashville. Like people just hang out all day, man. And um, they got no purpose. It can, uh, it freaks out, freaked out my daughter um, being from Delaware. What, what made you um, want to go to Miami? Oh, there was a, there was a seminar that I was sold on and it was like for like a, a like another hypnotist. Uh, one of them okay. was like throwing one and then one of his salesmen like reached out to me who like I knew at the time or like who I like met in the past. And he's like, hey, man, like, you want to come check it out? I was like, I've never been to Miami, so, like, let's go. <laughs> and, yeah, like, from there, it's just, like, it's just, like, amazing. Yeah? Tell me some of the amazing things. I've never been to Miami. Make me jealous. Uh, well, it's, it's different from San Diego, I'll put it like that. Uh, just, like, me being, always being around, like, the same, like, weather, same people, same, like, just seeing, like, just experiencing something completely different is just, like, was, like, the best. Like, uh, well, I didn't like it at first, but, like, I kind of got used to, like, the weather. But, like, it was, um, it's like a party town. Like, people, like, party out there till, like, 3, 4 in the morning compared to, like, San Diego where, like, things close down at, like, 1. Uh, people, like, really open up there. Um, there's a lot of, um, like, Caribbean, like, Latinas, like, like just like like that culture like there's like a lot of like puerto ricans dominicans um cubans like i'm not used to that over here like over here like we have like mexicans like just like it's just like a bunch of mexicans there's a bunch of african-americans there's like there's like not that much like there's vietnamese like chinese things like that like over there is just like a difference uh, just 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 a different scene huh and just like going there, experiencing that, like just like having that, just like shift and like what it's like, that was just like cool to me. Uh, the weather, like it was literally eight degrees when I got there at like eight o'clock at night, and then <laughs> it felt like I was in the jungle. <laughs> like, That's it was like just like hot. It was like super wet, and then I was like, "Ooh, like I don't like this at all." And then like um, at like two in the morning, I just remember like being outside on my Airbnb. I was like, "Yo, like it's still this hot. Like what the heck?" <laughs> and then um. I lived, uh, I was like, my Airbnb was probably like, it was like a five minute drive to the hotel that we were like doing the, uh, the events at. And like one day I just sort of decided to walk. And like, again, at like seven in the morning, it's like 80 degrees. Right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like sweating. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm taking a Uber next time. <laughs> yeah. Like I saw like, I saw like peacocks like roaming the street. I was like, oh, okay. Like they have those over here too. <laughs> no shit. Peacocks? <laughs> Yeah, there was a there was like a peacock. There was like two peacocks, just like roaming the streets. I'm like, okay, that's something you don't see in San Diego, dude. There, did you get to see one? Like, I don't know if it's unfurl or actually like size up with their back feathers at all. Oh no, like I didn't want to get that close. I was like, um, I was in like trying to get attacked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like one by some peacock. <laughs> so I just saw it from a distance. I'm like, all right, that's cool to see, but I'm like. Mm. I, I, I've seen one, man, and it's it's not like walking up next to an elephant big, you know, like, but it's it's way larger than you expect, and you do feel in danger. Like, you see these things, these feathers unfurl, and you're like, this thing just quadrupled its size. What's it going to do? Yeah. You know, that's what I was wondering. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw that. Like, the water over there is, like, really nice. I didn't get to, like, go in it, but it's, like, like a turquoise blue. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's, like, Caribbean water, isn't it? Yeah. So, so it's, like, it's, like, warm. It's, it's so, like, so I heard, like, over here in, like, San Diego, it's, like, 50 degrees. Like, you go in there, you're, like, just, like, ice cold. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like going in the water over here. <laughs> I feel like if I, I freeze, I'm, like, uh-uh. Does it stay that cold? Numb. Yeah, over here, it's, it, it gets that cold. But, like, through the summer, too? Yeah, like, it's not as warm, but, like, you can just, like, definitely tell. Like, I remember, like, growing up, like, I used to go to the beach, and, like, I'd just be, like, super cold from, like, the water. <laughs> no, so, like, I'm in a beach town in Delaware. I guess I'm comparing it. Like, I was in the water today with no sun, and I'm like, water feels like 65, 70. And I guess I'm just trying to think, like, what would it be about San Diego that, um, like, what current is there? Something is happening that, uh. I would think the water would be way warm in California because it's sunny and warm most of the time. Yeah. Um, I want to say like, I don't know the exact temperature, but I would like probably guess like 50, 60. Yeah. And around, around there. Like, it's like, it's like cold enough for me to be like, yo, like I can't like be there for like too long. <laughs> like, I'm not about this. Like, I'm, like, like I've gone in there. I was like, yeah, I'm done with the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's I don't, again, just another weird thing that I had not, um, had not thought about. And what got you out going to Hawaii? Another seminar? Oh, uh, no. So it's my birthday uh, in two weeks. Oh, no shit. So I just like thought I'd do a big, uh, like, kind of get out of, like, the typical, like, San Diego. Like, I've always, like, tried to do something big, like, every single, like, birthday that I got. And, like, this is the first time I like, actually, like, traveled to, like, a new, like, state. I was like, all right, let me check out what Hawaii is. Gotcha. And what are you looking for, like, when you picked your spot? Uh, so my friend actually moved out there probably like seven, eight months ago. And I was just like, thinking, I was like, Hey, like, this actually sounds like a good spot for like my birthday. I was like, all right, I'm gonna go. <laughs> Cause like, I've tried to go in Cancun in the past before, but like, uh, I could never get my passport in time. So I just like never, uh, never even tried. And then I was like thinking about doing it again this year, but I'm just like, uh, you know what? Like, I don't, I still don't have my passport book. Uh, let me just go to Hawaii because I just gotta take the like COVID test and like, I'll be straight. Oh, is that all they require, huh? Yeah, it's like a COVID test, and then um, that's pretty much it. And you can uh, like between like seventy-two hours before you like depart, because if you don't take that, you gotta like quarantine for like fourteen days or something like that. Oh yeah, dude, that's so weird. Like the whole COVID test, but take three days, keep living your life, and will believe that you're COVID negative on that. It's just such a weird thing for me. Yeah, none of that stuff makes sense. <laughs> so when you're going to Hawaii, are you looking to be more beach guy or are you just looking for that nightclub party scene? Oh, just I'm going to be away? more on like a beach. Um, I'm looking to like experience like what the Islander life is like. Like um, I stayed away from like the mainstream hotels. Like um, I bought uh, this airbnb it was it's like a little what's it called like a havana or something like that um it's like this little like tent and there's like hammocks in it and then like the pictures from what i seen it's like you're like literally in the jungle i was like that's perfect <laughs> like i'm gonna try and get like i'm i'm really trying to get like that islander experience like, like i'm like really trying to like climb up on trees and like chop down coconuts <laughs> like like i want like that like because like i live in the city it was just like Getting a change is going to be nice. Yeah. Yeah, you find out stuff about yourself, man, when you're in different yeah. environments. 
That's cool, man. And are you going to be 28? Is that the birthday? Yeah, 28. Very nice, man. Dude, that's awesome that you kind of splurge on yourself. A little self-love with it. But yeah, you got to, man. Yeah, because what else are you going to do? Every once in a while, you got to treat yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, it, that's interesting. The, just the travel bug. Um, I wonder how common that's going to be post-COVID, man. Like people just wanting to fucking go somewhere, be something different, you know? It actually triggered like a lot of people to do it. Like, um, cause like when I remember like when COVID first hit, like flights were like super, like dirt cheap. Dude, it was nothing. I remember, um, I was, yeah, I was considering going to like the Philippines. So like typically it costs like a thousand bucks. Like they were selling it for like 200. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. Like this is something. And then like, I remember, uh, my friend, he went to like uh, Tulum and got like some nice, like big old like mansion type mm-hmm. of like room. And like typically, he said like that thing would cost like three hundred bucks. He got it down to like eight hundred. I'm just like, yo, for like the month. Oh wow! He got <laughs> he, he locked it down for eight hundred dollars for the month. I'm just like, yo, like that's a complete steal. And like he said, like because like COVID is like kind of affected, like um, yeah. like all these places just, like offering like discounts to do it. I was like, okay, like. Yeah, it, I I wonder how many. I I didn't have well, I had a job. I got like kid and life stuff, but I if I didn't have that, I wonder if I'd have been the dude to be like, man, fuck COVID. I'm gonna go like take advantage of these opportunities. You know, I'm gonna be a jet setter at these prices. <laughs> yeah, um, I was like quarantined for like part of it because like some <clears throat> some of what I did like, live with, like, got caught with it, so I was, like, stuck for, like, when it just, like, first started popping off, but, like, I know, like, I had, like, a bunch of friends that go to, like, um, like, Lake Mammoth, like, go camp for, like, a week and a half. I was, like, yo, like, I'm jealous. <laughs> right. Well, like, me, like, I got my own stuff, too. Like, I went to, to, like, like, Big Bear. I went, like, kayaking and, like, jet skiing over there. I went to, uh, like, Vegas and, like, kayak through, like, the little canyons that they have, like, on the side. I kind of forgot the name. I didn't know that was, it was a like, thing in Vegas. You can kayak around Vegas? Oh, uh, there. So the the company was called like Vegas Last Kayaks. And like it wasn't actually in Vegas. It was like 30 minutes or like 45 minutes away from Vegas. Gotcha. Um, but it was like just past the border. I think you're technically you're in like Arizona or something like that. Okay. Um, I forgot the name. But like I went like there. Um, I went to like Morro Bay, like whip in like California. Was it like San Francisco? All like right. I got my travel <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. So it wasn't locked down. See, I perceived Cal- California as being like prison, solitary during COVID. We were like that, like when it first popped off. Like, like everything, like literally, like I want to say, like a lot of places closed. Only thing that was open was like grocery stores and like food places. Gotcha. And like no other spot was like uh, allowed to be open. Like. um, the casino that I worked at, like, closed down. Um, a lot of, like, a lot of, like, places, like, the the businesses that weren't deemed as, like, uh, was it necessary or... Yeah, essential. Essential, there we go, yeah. Like, they closed down. Uh, but, like, people, like, and then, like, things, like, started, like, slowly started, <laughs> slowly started to open up. Uh, but, like, you can still, like, would have had fun, like, while, like, things were just, like, not open. Like, I remember, like, I went to, like, Morro Bay, and like, I was just like there on the beach, just like I saw like seals and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like yo, like things were like still like kind of open, like they probably weren't supposed to be. People are like, still like doing like like little botched versions of like doing it. Like they're probably they probably could have got fined, right. but like a lot of places like were still like somewhat open. Okay, yeah, that is not the perception I had. I heard like California just. I don't know where I got my perception, maybe CNN, maybe Joe Rogan, but like, it just seemed California was like the most restrictive state in America. It was probably. It was, <laughs> it was. but like besides like New York and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. I, I got New York cause of just the city itself, like the density of New York city. But for some reason, like in totality, I thought all of California got, um, was paranoid. I think part of it too is like that whole, like, liberal label that gets put on California where they get so scared and it sees this liberal mentality, um, which is a stereotype. Yeah, no, like it was to the point where like you would get a ticket if you were to be at the beach. Like they were just yeah, walking like, around handing out citations. Yeah. So like, if you're like, like beaches were closed, pools were closed. Like if you were to like be caught on one, like they would get you a ticket or you'd be arrested. Yeah. Um, we had a curfew, at like 10 p.m. at night or something like that, if they were to catch you and like pull you over and you weren't you know, essential, like you get like a thousand dollar fine. A thousand dollars, dude. Yeah. Good lord. Yeah, that does not seem fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it was quite a trip. <laughs> That's not. It's it's nuts that the government could go that far and do that much. Especially, I don't know, people's mental health. All right, Jeremiah, man, let's get you out of here on this. Um, please get ready to tell a little story. This is how I end the podcasts. I guess I lied to you early on because you were like, hey, do you have any particular questions? And I was like, no. I always do have one, but I like to spring it on people because I kind of do this like social experiment, seeing where people's minds go and how they take it. Can I please get your best first for last. We've saved the best first for last. Sponsored by Abstinence. Waiting makes it worthwhile. Best first for last. Uh, what do you mean by that? I've never heard that term before. Um, maybe because I've made it up, trademark. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> we'll see. Um, I just, so I took it with best for last. You know how they say desserts, the best for last. Oh, yeah. So I like alliteration. And I think when you get to know somebody, it's cool to learn about some of their first times, first experiences, first whatevers. So I try to end the podcast in like a niche, gitchy, dad jokey way of best first for last. Best first thing you've done, experienced, that will be the last thing people get to know about you on the pod. Okay. Well, this was actually my first podcast I've ever been on, and I had a phenomenal time, so a big Big props to Sean uh, for being like my first host, and like I had like lots of fun. It was really interactive. Had lots of fun with it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how to suck it up, man. Quit sucking up. <laughs> no, like to be honest, like I, I had fun. Like it was like my first experience with it. Like I didn't really know what to expect. Like I've been like. Uh, want to get on like podcasts and like in the near future, and then like you're the first person to reach out to me. I was like, all right, cool, like let's go. Cool. Okay, <laughs> awesome, man. Well, hopefully it gives you, I don't know, like just confidence to continue on, um, especially just to get your brand and your message out there. I think it's awesome, man, that you have this passion to help people. 
What did you have um, any thoughts? What were your thoughts about what it was going to be like when you played it out in your head? Being on a podcast. Mm, like more like interview like like I've watched like some of yours and like I've seen like other people like uh, like how they like frame it like yours is like I don't know it's like just more like a interaction of like getting to like know each other um with like other people they have like a very specific like framework of like how they go like I got this to say I got this to say I got this to say oh, and like yours is very unique and I like that God. I feel like it's like a, like a lot more I would say like a lot more like personable. That's the vibe. Informal, chill, lazy. Maybe, maybe if I wanted to put more work into it, it honestly, hey, like, I feel like we, like we could have had this conversation like over cracking a beer. <laughs> no, well, yeah, that's the vibe. That's the goal. Um, to be honest with you. And just in a selfish way, it helps to, uh, it's less editing. So I'll take notes about certain things. I'll t- timestamp certain things, but, um, some of those podcasts that are, um, that are legit they have producers you know they have sound people they have editors man i got i don't really have that <laughs> so yet maybe i'll say yet um did it did you ever get to that like anxiety level at all or was it pretty chill oh, for no. you? it was pretty chill the whole time awesome all right man I'll like, just... i just came on here like with the intention to have fun i was like all right like let's go <laughs> nice dude i love it man i i thank you for coming on i thank you for uh sharing is expertise too strong of a word knowledge (laughs) the knowledge of hypnotics i don't even know if hypnotics is the right way to say it i just like the way it sounds to be honest with you a professional hypnotist that specializes in relieving anxiety so you can live the dream life that you desire that would be so much better than hypnotics Jeremiah, great plug at the end, my friend. Good luck going forward with your business, dude. And um, it was really cool getting to know you. I look forward to one of the cooler things is you still get to like kind of see people, check in with them now that you like follow them on social media, man. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. And I'm I I think you'll grow, man. If you're passionate about it, you're not. You explain shit to help me understand more about it, man. Um, it made me feel comfortable. Like if I needed some shit done, I'd I'd, I'd hit you up. All right, nice. Yeah, I'll be more than happy to uh, help you and also like show you like some cool things like that, like involve the hypnosis, like not even like with anything, like just like some of like the the stage work that like I can like prove to you like yo like this is actually pretend. Like I'll be down to like show you some stuff too. So all right, well we'd have to put that on a third person because I still have those trust issues. Our first the okay. first session would help <laughs> yeah, me get past you, these you. trust issues, <laughs> but if I watch someone else do, I'm like all right, man, let's have some fun with it. All right, dude. Enjoy your night. Thank you so much for coming on, Jeremiah. And um, if I don't see you or talk to you, um, happy birthday, man. Go live that good Hawaiian life. Thank you, man. Have a good one too, Sean. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thanks to Jeremiah for coming on the Getting to Know You pod, sharing about his past, educating us all about anxiety relief through hypnotism. It's pretty fucking cool, man. Appreciate you and your time, my friend. Thanks to Andre Psyche for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Been down since just about day one. Search him up. It's Andre Psyche on social media. Give him a follow, just for the fuck of it. Thanks to Dewey Crush, the summer's most sought out and coveted East Coast drink, for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Bring a case of Dewey Crush, the delicious, refreshing, ready-to-drink canned cocktail with you for your next summer event to crush it. Not like that other San Diego-based canned cocktail that we mentioned on this podcast. 
ask them West Coast, get Dewey Crush out there. So much tastier, believe me, so much tastier, fresher, juicier, juicier, more natural. <laughs> Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review the Getting to Know You Pod on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. You can also go to our Patreon to support the pod for as little as $2 a month if you've enjoyed getting to know any of our guests or are looking to help us upgrade our sound and software equipment. If you have not already, friend and follow the Getting to Know You Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Word of the pod is neurolinguistic. Neurolinguistic is the word of the pod. Post that word on any of our social media or tag the Getting to Know You pod when you use it on yours to get a shout out on the very next podcast. And finally, if you or someone you know would like to become a sponsor of or advertise on the Getting to Know You pod, we would love to partner with you. We have a wide-ranging global audience expanding every day that would like to get to know more about your brand or business. Want to make it happen? Just message us. Balam, which, no offense if I mispronounce that, I believe that is Google tells me Filipino for goodbye.